when you are at a very high spiritual state then you find somebody of that state and there will be a certain degree of matching and what you call it for lack of better words a, a resonance okay things will be more mature things will be fine but the initial stages people when they normally get married at the initial stages of their own spiritual growth at the initial stages are there so you are not perfect at that time you are still on the path right so there is still ego there is still various other factors that will come in and that is going to cause disturbance in the equation so we have this very romantic idea that there is you know this um, this perfect uh, partner alpha very rarely it happens practically very 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 rare and some of the greatest yogis if i may put it this way and this may sound very dark also some of the greatest yogis had very bad married life do people want things other than just spiritual ah, growth a lot of people lot of people are ah, deep the heart is the most peculiar thing in the human being it has all sorts of desires so never listen to what a person says <laughs> never listen to i'm just saying that, that that's the truth by the way so to judge a person observe what he is doing that will give you that what is the secret motivation in the heart sometimes people are motivated by desires which they are consciously not aware of ask them why do you want to do sadhana no no i want to reach spirituality this that some tote ki tarah rata hua some statements they will put okay and i can sense that his energy is nowhere close to that that mumukshuta that thing is not there in him give him some sadhana after some days ye nahi ho raha wo nahi ho because that energy is not there I'm not going to make this intro very long. This is one of the most demanded guests of the year. Rajesh Nandi is back to teach us everything about Shiva and Bhairav. It's a free-flowing, open, deep conversation, and it's the first of four conversations that we did in the two days that Rajesh Nandi spent in our studio. Lots of spiritual knowledge, lots of tantra-based knowledge. This is Rajesh Nandi's return on tea. I am super excited to have you back Rajesh Nandi sir how are you I'm good I'm good joy maka maka joy bhairav baba good to be back good to meet you good to meet the team again i know that audiences are also extremely excited for this new series to begin yeah uh the last time you were here we were in the middle of our whole horror year right you know we were doing a lot of horror related content yes uh i don't know whether i did, did that willingly or whether i did it to feed into the trend of that time but mm-hmm. it was what it was mm. things have changed i think audiences want even deeper content in 2023 okay uh i will definitely say that you were one of the guests of the year last time so why do you think why do you think people loved what you were talking about so much over those five episodes we did uh namaste to everybody once again whoever is watching uh, those episodes did have a strong impact i felt it because afterwards right when uh, those episodes were released uh, my mailbox was flooded with innumerable emails so that i had to open a new email id even that got flooded <laughs> to the extent that i can hardly check three or four mails a day it's all sorts of things uh, i believe uh, this question can be answered at multiple levels one is that of course there's a curiosity about it ki what exactly happens uh perhaps 
a practitioner speaking about it is a bit different from somebody who's a researcher or somebody who's read books and speaking that one thing but there is another reason i believe which is that uh i speak with my friends often that uh, how did i end up in your show in the first place i had no uh, specific interest to appear there my life was going on as it was uh, even when there was a first contact from uh, your team i was still in two minds whether to go first of all coming here is a lot of uh, for, for me it's a bit of a hassle and things like that um and then one day i was uh, doing my nitya upasana which i do of the deities i love and worship and uh, specifically of bhairav baba so uh, as i was doing it there's a certain intuitive communication that happened and it told me that uh, uh, basically that you know within some time there's going to be a call that will come from uh, these people and they will uh, give you a date that uh, can we do it on this date which is very important for bhairava and you just go there and that wasn't our intention i know we didn't even know that it's an important spiritual i know okay. moment the date came first thing i remember i told that give me half an hour half an hour was not to check whether i can go whether i have other engagements and all that half an hour was to check that i opened the panchang to check you what is the date exactly and then i saw that that is the bhairava jayanti of the year then i thought i remember then i thought no no nothing there's nothing to think when there's a command that comes from the deity you follow it you don't question because your mind is your human being so tum kitna jaan sakte ho there are they know it way more i said okay i'm coming and i had no other preconceived ideas why i'm coming there what are we going to talk i have nothing no idea in fact uh, to be very honest i was even thinking that uh, uh, you know uh, with a name like beer biceps i was thinking uh, what is uh, how is this content going to match with maybe whatever you do uh, so with a complete clean slate and open mind i came here i believe it's some blessing of the forces the devatas uh, the deities i love they have something in plan we are just pawns that's mm. all and mm. so next question for you what is today <laughs> today is interestingly an ashtami tithi of all that was an ashtami last year ashtami is the tithi when is the tithi loved by bhairava hmm what does that mean when you say that it's an ashtami yeah what does it mean so uh, very simply the moon uh, changes its phases there is the krishna paksha when the moon is uh, you know it's diminishing 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 to amavasya and then there is the uh, the uh, shukla paksha which is the the bright fortnight that happens okay so these form uh, the angular distance between the sun and the moon forms a tithi which is uh, one of the elements that is used in jyotisha and also for all religious festivals in the hindu calendar is based on tithis among other things okay now each of these tithis at the one side you have the purnima which is the full moon and the other side you have the amavasya which is the new moon or no moon night okay in between ashtami is the eighth tithi now most of the deities uh, in the hindu pantheon uh, within dharma that we worship today have specific liking for specific tithis their energies become more active on those tithis bhairava's energy becomes most active on krishna paksha ashtami but other ashtami is also his energy is active krishna paksha is peak active uh, other and ashtami is also his energy is active uh, ma durga's energy is also activated on shukla paksha ashtami which is the bright side moon 
एट तिथि वेर इज द डार्क साइड मून्स एट तिथि इज भैरवस तिथि सो इन जनरल अष्टमी इज वेन इफ देर इज सी इफ यू आर नॉट एन उपासका इट डजेंट मेक अ डिफरेंस इफ यू आर एन उपासका इट्स लाइक उपासना इज लाइक इट्स लाइक अ लव अफेयर इनिशियल स्टेजेस इट्स अ वन साइड लव अफेयर बिकॉज यू आर गोइंग टू प्लीज ट्राइंग टू प्लीज समबडी हुज नॉट इंटरेस्टेड इन यू for that you have to keep trying and this is not like a human love affair which is for a one day two day three no no you keep trying for lifetimes you have been doing that in past lives you do that naturally that tendencies are there so wherever you may be born whatever circumstances you are still pulled by nature back into the path start off as you go deeper the tithis become very important you it's like this so you think that this is the tithi that the deity i'm worshiping likes so that becomes important for you it's just like a normal if you are if you are trying to woo somebody if you love somebody so you think what does that person like what dress does that person like okay what food does that person like same thing what is the bhog that i have to give to baba if i am doing bhairav upasana what is the tithi that he likes so that tithi i do something extra something special maybe i'll fast that day maybe i'll do a little bit more sadhana that day sadhana is contemplation of the deity hmm Well, contemplation of the deity means when you sit in meditation, you do a mantra chant or you think about the deity. So those are techniques of contemplation. But eventually, whether you are doing meditation, whether you are doing mantra japa, or whether you are doing any other ritual, there are more other rituals also possible. You are basically trying to connect to the energy of the deity. Okay, and that is in a very uh, simplistic language. Let's say that that is a form. These are all forms of bhakti only. this is a form of bhakti a devotion a contemplation of the deity uh, so for that i can chant mantras of the deity i can meditate on the deity i can uh, draw yantras of the deity okay things that he likes hmm why am i doing this so that eventually he will take notice acha this guy has been trying how long, long how long is the eventually ha ah, that is up to him and up to the subjective reality of the sadhak yes absolutely subjective reality of the sadhak is because uh, small digression there is a famous story that's there uh, in the uh, buddhist lore uh, which says that uh, when buddha attained to his nirvana the one of the first things he did was that he bowed down to all the buddhas who had come before him to all the buddhas who will come after him okay the gist of the story is what the way i look at it is that you are you are never cut out from the past and the present you are a moment in a continuum of time that is going on you have done things in past many past lives you have been born some things you have done some family some uh, connection to somebody etc and you have to navigate through that same thing happens with upasana also you have been worshiping a specific devata in certain past lives and you have reached a certain stage naturally in your next life wherever you may be born your a certain threshold has been crossed means you will feel a natural tendency towards that deity wherever you find even if you were born into a culture that is completely different has no conception of the deity still the moment you see that moment you are in a place of that deity you will feel that natural connection you will not understand it understanding takes time that is maya because that is bhagavati's domain she she does this beautiful job the moment you are born veil bas you don't remember your past which is very good <laughs> which is very good Well, imagine you remember your past. Suppose you had a not you. I mean, suppose an ex individual had a very bad equation with somebody who becomes his parent in this lifetime. So your mind is going to get biased. 
नेचर इज नॉट आस्किंग यू टू वर्क इन अ बायस्ट वे नेचर इज गिविंग यू सर्टन नेचुरल फैकल्टीज ऑफ योर इमोशंस योर रैशनल जजमेंट थिंग्स लाइक दैट यूज दोज इन अ फेयर मैनर विद अ फेयर सेंस ऑफ जस्टिस एंड इनजस्टिस दैट इज धर्म एंड अधर्म एंड यू कैरी ऑन बट इफ यू ऑलरेडी नो कि विद दिस पर्टिकुलर फ्रेंड आई एम गोट हैव अ फाइट आफ्टर टू ईयर्स इट्स गोइंग टू बायस योर इक्वेशन विद हिम नेचर डजेंट वॉन्ट दैट you cannot with that information you cannot live life normally do you meet new souls in every birth or are you just meeting the same souls again and again <laughs> it's a complicated question <laughs> and <laughs> uh, as a caveat let me tell you that this is what i'm t- saying is what i understand of these things because this is not like science ki perfect answer is this sure um, lot of the souls uh, you will meet our people you have met in past okay so there is a strong abiding connection that will happen but there will also be some whom you may meet very casually okay now whom you meet and whom you do not meet also depends on your spiritual growth this is very important a lot of people uh, who may not be into spirituality they lead life in a their life is a reaction so i get this question very often uh, sometimes in emails and i find it always funny so there are people who send mails and what is the purpose of my life okay and i find it funny why 99.99% people have no purpose in their life they are reacting to things that they have already done that's all reaction is organic reaction organic means suppose i am sitting going on the road and uh, somebody goes and just you know brushes past me the immediate reaction are aise kyun kiya immediate organic reaction so your life is a reaction to things that you have done goal and all that comes back if you have been thinking of a specific purpose for multiple lifetimes that i want this i want this i want this, whatever it could be so you want to become a great musician okay you've been trying for it maybe you're not too good at that this lifetime two three lifetimes you've been trying now nature says that okay this lifetime i'm going to give you that okay i will give you the potential for great music i'll give you the circumstances for manifesting it could be that you are a great musician but nobody knows about it your neighbor doesn't know that you are a great musician ho sakta hai nature suddenly says no this lifetime i am going to take you to a realm where a level of recognition that you have desired and that level of potential both then there is a purpose purpose comes in when you have been doing a specific holding on to a specific aim for few lifetimes at least same goes for sadhana so anyone who achieves greatness in our world has actually wished for that greatness since two or three lifetimes ah uh, yes more or less that is that is a that is a set okay um now we'll go hyper low level and hyper personal to me not to you okay we'll go hyper personal <laughs> to you also in some time uh 30 years of my life have passed mm-hmm. i assume i'll die at 90 or 100 okay. i'm assuming if i have a good life mm-hmm. that means 2/3 of my life are left is the 2/3 which is 60 to 70 years remaining is 60 to 70 years enough to achieve nirvana or moksha so you are not an exclusive moment your life of 60 years is not 60 years it is through past lives that is coming if the preparation is there you can get it in one day if the preparation is not there you may not get it in 10 lifetimes mm so then let's take this one day example mm. that means maybe you've lived your life like a normal human being till 30 you've earned money you've gone to college you've gotten married and then suddenly a circumstance will come into your life and you'll realize that oh Wait, now I'm suddenly spiritual. Yeah. We've had people like that on the show as well. Dada Shri Ji, he just said he was in the train one day. Um, 
going back from um, his college. I think he's, he was a doctor, a resident doctor at that okay. point. He was going back home and he started getting voices in his head. Randomly out of the blue. Mm-hmm. Never had spiritual mm-hmm. incline or anything. Mm-hmm. And those voices led him into like a whole spiritual right. journey. These things can happen. Yes. As a function of time. Yes. So maybe you cross age 33 or 34. Yes. Suddenly circumstances can Correct. happen. Correct. Absolutely. That's how it works. Yes. And this is based on your hard work of your past life. Uh-huh. Everything is based on hard work. Never in life, never ever in life, anything good is achieved without hard work. Okay. And that is specifically includes sadhana. If you see somebody who has achieved a fantastic amount of spiritual growth suddenly, genuine spiritual growth suddenly, be sure that he or she must have worked for it in past lives. Nature is never going to give you something without hard work. Hmm. And that's the one thing I tell people if I am guiding somebody in sadhana, that when you start your spiritual practice, initially one thing that happens to people is that uh, if you are a little bit sensitive, if your uh, basic parameters are set, so if you do the correct practice, initially your graph will grow like this. So you'll have a lot of experiences. Then suddenly one day it will go like this. Okay, That is where the test is. And that is where you do not know, you keep doing your practice. Nothing is going to happen and you are keeping going, 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 going like this. Okay, you are wondering that why am I not getting an experience? Why is this not happening? And that can go on for 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, even lifetimes. And then suddenly a point will come when everything that you have done is like, it's like a dam being held. It's not being given to you for certain purposes which you do not have the ability to comprehend also at that time. And one day, nature will decide, okay, okay, now I'm going to give him everything that he has done. And the very next day suddenly is... And people, wow, something miraculous has happened and this guy who was just doing kuch to apnai chalarata, suddenly he has turned into something different. But there is never any good thing without hard work. There are no miracles in this. It's a process. Okay. Ha. Huh. This podcast is around the Shiva theme. But I feel like asking you about something called prebiotic earth. Okay. Okay. Which is earth before biology. Okay. Like the earth was formed out of like a a part of the sun, I believe. Right. I think that's one theory. And the other theory (coughs) is that it was a coagulation of possible multiple meteorites that came together. I think it was actually a part of the sun. Okay. Which went away from the sun and then kept revolving around it. Right. And we are just in a phase of time where there's too many factors that are conducive, including our gravity, mm. including the fact that some comet with water hit this rock, right. etc, etc. At the time of prebiotic Earth, there wasn't even fungus. Mm-hmm. Like, there was no biology on this planet. We okay. were just hydrocarbons burning. Mm. Were deities on Earth at that time? I believe that deities were there from a very ancient time, even perhaps before the formation of Earth. Okay. Let me ask you about the birth of deities then. Okay. When did the birth of deities happen? Did it happen at the Big Bang? Uh, So from a scientific perspective, again, what I'm telling is more kind of a speculative answer. Sure. So there is the way I look at it being a... Shakta fundamentally, worshipper of Shakti. So first there is what we call the Adi Shakti. She is, um, uh, when there was nothing, okay, there is this Sukta of the Rig Veda which says, that describes that there is, when there was nothing, uh, absolutely, that time too there was something that, you know, 
some something existed which was uh, beyond what you can imagine okay so that condition of uh, uh, before the creation of forms let there two let's let's just to break it down let's just say that there are two stages one is that when things are formless and when there is a formed okay so this stage when things are completely formless it's a misconception by the way uh, among people who believe that the formless is higher than the formed i believe that no the formless is not at all higher or lower or anything of that sort it's two phases of one energy that's it okay it doesn't make it lesser or uh, more or something like that it's just a human perception so once initial stages there is the uh, the adi shakti the the, uh, the ultimate form of energy whom we call the divine mother okay whose whose origin cannot be found or understood understood found nothing it's like that moment of singularity you have just to give an example i am not saying that everything is scientific dharma is its own way science is its own way but since we landed in this section of the conversation so it is like that what science defines as singularity or something that which cannot be which you cannot define as a clear answer so this energy this divine mother whom we worship as the adi shakti her source is unknown to anybody it's perhaps beyond the mental comprehension so there are three stages three things the mind can comprehend one is that that which is difficult okay you may say that this task is difficult then there is something that is uh, uh, very difficult to achieve but at least in the imagination you can achieve okay ki some, some weird thing say okay in imagination can go anywhere in the imagination i can go to the sun right now okay doesn't mean i'm physically going so it's very difficult task to achieve but at least the imagination can go and then there is a third stage where the imagination also cannot go Mm. it's beyond human imagination it is from that kind of a source there is the adi shakti okay from adi shakti or in another scheme para bhairava okay so this thing this great force this this being this we don't know much about it okay. we we worship that energy it's not even like a being it's not like somebody sitting in a throne and judging no no it's not like that it's it's entirely different and um, it reveals itself only to those who have that capacity and go to that state slowly okay little bit from there uh, it evolves downward it sends its energy downward into creation and the first stage from there uh, the deities are formed different deities okay the great gods whom we worship from that adi shakti and each of them very interestingly is given its own domain and independence to function it is not even that they are it's it's like this suppose fuel or uh, petrol is used in car so you can use the same petrol in five different cars each of the cars are independent to go wherever they want to go it is the petrol that is driving all the cars but the cars are independent similarly the gods are independent in their function and their attributes and their domains so there is a certain sense of there is a freedom that is given and yet it is that energy which is driving from there slowly 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 it there is a in in, in kashmiri shaivism they have this idea that uh, uh, the world is created by shakti okay shakti of shiva and is swatantra the word is very interesting the use swatantra swatantra means absolutely independent independent means if you think about it none of us are independent today if you have to just without telling anybody you decide ki, okay i just go and uh, you know with some friends 3 4 days you take a car and your parents will be worried your friends baki others will be worried 
So you are not entirely independent. Nobody in the world is entirely independent. Your independence is contextual. Okay. But there is this great force which is absolutely independent. Okay. And from there it decides that it, it curtails itself. Curtails itself and slowly, 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 slowly it starts coming down, coming down into the material and creates the material world. You're talking about God and the creation of our realm. Yes. And in that creation process, first thing that comes is the deities. Okay. As in, this reality is so crazy that we can't even imagine what it is. But in order to express itself to our realm, it has to simplify itself. Which means it removes some parts. After it removes its true nature, it becomes God. When it removes more of itself and then tries giving us a vision of itself, it expresses itself as deities. Uh, to some degree, but let's, okay, I will not use the word God here because uh, let's use, I'll use the word divine, okay, the divine mother or divine, let's put the word divine. Ultimate, word. ultimate, ultimate divine. Ultimate divine, okay, because the God has its own connotations. I don't want to go into that complexity, that yeah, aspect. So, but basically from there, there is the, the first term is the deities, the devatas. The great gods, the great divines, okay, devatas, we call it. Say so that is Shiva is there, Ganpati is there, or Hanumanji is there, or these are the great ones, okay. Each one of them also, by the way, has the independence to manifest himself as the supreme or herself as the supreme, mm. okay. So, which means that somebody who is worshipping Shiva eventually will see Shiva as everything. Mm. Somebody who is worshipping, uh, say, Lord Rama will see Rama as everything. Because each one has the ability to manifest also because they're so close to their ultimate reality. They, even their level only we can't imagine. Forget mm. the ultimate reality. Even their level also you cannot imagine. And for all purposes, they're eternal because you don't know how long back they came into existence. Okay. And, and this is something I tell people tomorrow by some unfortunate incident, if all the, uh, the, uh, all life on earth goes away, the deities will still exist. They have been there for a very long time. And they will be there till the end of what you call dissolution. Until a new cycle again starts off. From there, it the energy comes down, comes down into uh, the creation of uh, material earth. And then there is an evolutionary process or whatever happens. And then humans come into the scene. So humans are like, uh, and I, in this regards, I uh, follow Sri Aurobindo's uh, writings. I find him to be a great philosopher. So humans are like this, this middle creature. There's a part in the humans which can go downwards towards the lesser realms, let's say the darker realms. At the same time, there is a part in humans which if correctly channelized can also manifest the gods, the devatas. You mean we can evolve? Yes. Even in flesh. Even in flesh means? Even in flesh means while you're still alive. Oh, you can reach the level of a god? Theoretically. And not everyone does because nature also has a role to play there. You can put in your hard work, but then circumstances may not. A lot be of more. other things, factors play a part. And reaching to the realm of level of the gods is not at all easy. That's why I say that in theory, it's possible. Of course, in practice, rarely if ever somebody reaches that stage. So, but, um, so this is the basic format of creation, sort of. Okay. okay. So we, uh, for average human beings, uh, it is very good to worship the devatas, the, the primary deities, gods we have. Because each of them are so connected to the source that they can, uh, if they want specific individual, they can take you to that state. Okay. Each one of them. Okay. Um, 
there's a beautiful bookstore in Juhu called Granth okay. where I go just to relax mm. and I found a section about the occult mm-hmm. and it had a lot of good looking books on tantra i didn't pick up those mm-hmm. books mm-hmm. because i was drawn to european tantra which the world calls witchcraft okay i was like what is this mm-hmm. because when it comes to indian actual tantra mm-hmm. i have rajarshi nandi sir <laughs> but <laughs> european tantra i want to just know mm-hmm. what it is and see if i can draw parallels mm-hmm. and there are too many parallels mm-hmm. they have their own versions of yantra they have their yes. own versions of mantras mm-hmm. they have their own versions of deities mm-hmm. in fact Uh, I gave that book to Abhijit Chawla sir who's another all-star on the show because even he was fascinated for the same reason mm-hmm. that he has information about the indian side but not mm-hmm. the international side mm-hmm. now that book contains not just european mm-hmm. lore mm-hmm. it contains african lore and mm-hmm. south american lore mm-hmm. and they have their own list of deities like right. gilgamesh and mm-hmm. in africa mm-hmm. there's a bunch of mm-hmm. deities mm-hmm. um in uh, europe there are all mm-hmm. these archangels archangel michael archangel mm-hmm. christopher mm-hmm. etc mm-hmm. when we are talking about Shiva Rama Hanuman ji they are devtas correct they are almost next to god mm. and then there's possibly a slightly i don't want to call it lower but maybe not as evolved as these beings uh there are some kind of beings okay would you put gilgamesh and all these other foreign deities in that bracket uh First of all, I can't comment on a specific deity without reading much about it, uh, about the deity or you know the tendencies of the deity. If I read, but it is uh, my strong belief uh, that many of the great gods whom we worship, Hindus worship. So, in a sense, Hinduism, Dharma, is one of the last of the classical religions. What I mean by classical religion is what used to be there in ancient uh, Egypt, ancient Greece, and other things where there were multiple deities, and uh, there were there are certain parallels in the way worship. Used to happen there or not, etc. Though it is almost dead now for all practical purposes, but we are still alive, and there's culture is there, and there is a living presence of the gods among us. So we worship them not just as a dead religion, but as something that comes and people experience, and we still have saints being born of different deities and all that. I do believe that some of the devatas, some of them have appeared in other cultures also, but with the condition that they come. or they manifest their power in that culture with certain modifications based on the desh kal patra the time and the context of that culture for example tibetan buddhism mm-hmm. where you have matara mm-hmm. you have avalokiteshwar yes um i forgot the name that palgar in poche took but he explained a tibetan version of shiva as well okay where they believe that that deity mm-hmm. resides on mount kailash okay and that's why i want to take this conversation as well because we've not brought it up on the show in a very long time and we used to talk about mount kailash a lot i actually don't know the geopolitical angle right now on mount kailash i believe you're not allowed to go there yeah. as a tourist anymore yeah. and also also uh, what uh, kailash is one of the peaks where you cannot climb to the top because all the religions which consider kailash as uh, divine so it's the standard belief that uh, you are not to Uh, climb to the top, so there's no mountaineering also allowed in Kailash. So you can climb the Everest, which is a taller peak. Kailash, no, there's only a limit till which you can go, and then you can do circumambulation, production, and all that. What do you think is actually up there? What will you be able to physically see Shivji? Because they say is the abode of Shivji and Parvati Ma. So what is what do you mean by physically seeing a devata? You tell me. <laughs> <laughs> like, do you see a man wearing a leopard skin with a cobra on around his neck? meditating a deity is fundamentally 
without a specific form it's an energy it is no physical presence okay okay so like you and me we have a physical solid presence so devata is not something that has a physical solid presence it can manifest itself as physical solid presence it has lot of different abilities that is why we worship devatas in the first place uh, but they do not fundamentally have a physical presence they don't like to come into the physical plane because it curtails their powers it curtails their freedom okay one thing the other thing is that the image that you have of a devata uh, for us for example like lord shiva etc and this becomes very important this image is also inspired by the deities on to the minds of the rishis and the great masters you mean the rishis and the great masters drew it out artistically whether they, they drew it out or they reflected in their mental eye mm. okay this is how shiva is to be but which shiva there are so many versions of shiva do you know that when we um, so when we uh, uh, there's a belief for example that the shiva that uh, uh, we kind of worship uh, is the one who resides in kailasa okay is the one then there is one shiva that is even beyond that is parashiva just like i was saying parashakti that being can also be parashiva parashiva is beyond forms beyond any conception okay and almost nobody can worship parashiva let's just put it this way that which you cannot even imagine how are the how the hell are you going to worship you have no idea what it is okay it doesn't even demand your worship by the way that is the interesting thing what is it up to nothing in its own delight it's just in a format of ecstasy for lack of better words because we can't describe in words what it's up to from there we have the shiva who is in kailash okay lord shiva whom we worship so he is the scriptures mention that he is one of the ones who called the shrikantha rudra okay is one of the forms of rudra so so in for example as i was uh, just now mentioning in kashmiri uh, shaiva philosophy they believe that in satya yuga uh, one form of lord shiva appeared which is the swachhandanath they call him swachhand bhairava he had 18 arms and uh, certain manifestations and certain figures he came and he gave the shaiva tantra to the world it's it's like a, the philosophical path of worshiping shiva uh, which can benefit the world okay and then this knowledge was also lost for some time then again in kailash shrikantha rudra came he called rishi durvasa one day and he told him that i am giving you this knowledge you disseminate this knowledge into the world of men so that it benefits them so from there multiple lineages of shiva came out okay so there was three primary philosophical uh, manifestations of shiva came out which is that one is the they call the shaiva siddhanta which is uh, today popular in south india where uh, it's a dualistic worship okay so dualistic means there is the devata you worship and you are here there is always a difference between the two okay so uh, that is dualistic then there is the um, acha these these were given through the agamas agamas are shastras texts which have come agama means something that has come earlier okay so 92 agamas were given of these Uh, there were shiva agamas there were rudra agamas rudra agamas is how to worship rudra so equation with rudra has to be uh, partially monistic partially dualistic which means it's very interesting which means that there is a duality you are not him but there is some connection also there is at one point you are also like him okay this is called as partially dualistic partially monistic and then the third set of agamas which is bhairava agamas shiva in his form as bhairava he is monistic monistic means eventually you will become 
द स्टेट वट इज कॉल्ड भैरवोहम यू आर भैरव इवेंचुअली नॉट ऑन डे वन eventually at the highest stage let me just say no one spoken about this concept of shiva with so much depth on the show ever and that's why i was looking forward to this conversation um okay basically three forms no there are more <laughs> forms of shiva i am just giving the large format of it okay you're also kind of explaining how to evolve yourself as a human yes. to absorb it you're explaining it from that perspective and also to tie it back to the previous point from where this came out this stream of conversation so each of these forms has its own depiction dhyana bhairava has a particular form okay he is terrifying shiva is shanta is very calm and there is the format which is worshipped in south india and lot of places somaskanda where shiva is there parvati is there two children are there it's family man okay very happy family man sitting down you are worshipping just bhairava is just the opposite sort of that the, the ferocity is there he holds the trishula is like somebody who is in a very is in a terrifying form okay the word bhairava itself has various meanings one of the meanings is that he is a little terrifying okay because this is a very high level conversation again i'm going to bring it down to yes. a low level and i've noticed over the course of doing the podcast that the easiest way for people to understand this is personal experience mm-hmm. and i'm shameless i'll reveal <laughs> the secrets about my life <laughs> okay mm-hmm. let's talk about the first time we met okay it was kal bhairav jayanti kal bhairav jayanti i didn't know it uh, we didn't plan it like right that. right it wasn't just a blockbuster series of podcasts but it was a major shift in my own spiritual journey mm-hmm. okay apparently i want to take you to a podcast i did in the hindi show right with sanjay jomani sanjay okay. b jomani was okay. a numerologist okay and he has a habit of when he's chilling with you he will notice your the number of your uh, office your right. address he will see the ranveer show and then calculate the number according number. to numerology and give you a suggestion so he said that the ranveer show adds up to number 7 which is a psychic number but he's like if you want mega recognition and material success then change it to something he gave me a suggestion and a part of me didn't want that because i like it being in a bit of a psychic realm and mm. maybe we don't we do get a lot of viewers mm. but maybe we're not where we could be in terms of maximum views and i'm okay for just the 2 million 2 and a half million people to benefit spiritually right. so i know that that episode wasn't just important for me or those episodes weren't just important for me they were important for all the viewers correct you shifted something mm. in at least the culture of trs and i'm mm. hoping like you created a small ripple in indian culture as well from whatever i've learned from you this is the will of the deities yeah right the deity is acting through you yeah what is happening in the world of the deities that's one part of the question mm. now to bring it to a low level i'm going to talk about how you introduced me to kal bhairava year before i met you i'd gone to the kal bhairava temple in banaras where things had shifted for me and when i met you mm. you actually introduced me to something called batuk bhairav yes am i allowed to say <laughs> the mantra absolutely no but you speak of batuk bhairav Okay, I have hmm. said the mantra on a previous episode. Oh, it's okay, no problem. Okay, hmm. there is a word in that mantra which goes "reem." Hmm. What does that even mean? Hmm. What is Batuk Bhairav? Hmm. What are the Bhairavs? Because what I have seen shift in my life after I've started this mantra is a deep affinity towards Shiva. I've had dreams related to hmm. it. I've had. very intense experiences in my meditation related mm. to shiva mm. uh 
and everything in my material life is moving too fast <laughs> uh, be it new people coming in material opportunities growth uh, everything you can think of from a material perspective has just become extremely speedy uh, and at the same time i'm partially overwhelmed and i partially feel very capable and brave to be able to deal with the speed this wasn't the earlier my life my whole 20s i dealt with so much self doubt that self doubt has just gotten erased to the degree where you can't even see you know the marks of it <laughs> that's the personal level input what have you made me do sir <laughs> <laughs> no i i uh, uh, i did nothing whatever thoughts came i told you you did the sadhana and you saw the results why is dharma called sanatan sanatan means eternal that is because what was done thousands of years ago the practices if you do it today still you will get results and if 10000 years later people do it still they'll get results it is not a individual's uh, property i didn't invent anything i am just an ordinary person going about my lives ended up in your show that's about it it's the deities who do things be very clear that also keeps your ego under check the moment you start believing that i can do anything somebody upstairs will start laughing okay they'll just pull the rug from under your feet and all mera jitna vidya hai and all that whatever you know you'll start falling so even even such an emotional and mental thing like self doubt which is so deep yeah. rooted can be erased by the deities yeah so let's talk about bhairav baba he's one of my favorite gods okay he's one of my favorite deities because the first time i ever chanted a mantra was of him when i did not even know who is one of my first gurus gave me the mantra and uh, i had not the faintest idea ki matlab who is bhairav what is bhairav are you are you talking about kal bhairav you no one form of bhairav okay he had given me the mantra and he said that jap karte raho okay it was like an upadesham at that time so i had no i was more of the atheist kinds had no interest no idea nothing of that sort i kept doing kept doing i remember for months i kept doing nothing happened then one day i called him uh, ki uh, nothing is happening he is he is very elevated he is obviously uh, much more here than uh, so he said that do one thing uh, do it in a more concentrated manner as a sankalpa sankalpa means you take some water or some rice grains etc and then you prom- make a promise to the deity that so many days i'll do this mantra xyz uh, and i took a very simple sankalpa nothing else just say that so many days i'll do that with certain rules rules means same time i'll say it uh certain food habits changes i made at that time and all that and i remember that time as a bachelor so as it happens with bachelors you know weekends means that you go out to drink with friends that's all that's all there is in life nothing else is there so seven days five days a week you work and saturday sunday is like the end of the world okay <laughs> so now <laughs> i'm being very frank how i remember so i at 10:00 uh, 10 o'clock at night i used to sit with that mantra and it used to take me one and a half hours 11:30 so even i remember one one of my friends asked me ki we are going out would you come with me i said no, no you go you guys go i'll come I'll, i'll catch up with you okay so i finished that i didn't have any expectations with it i just thought that let me try it but by the 40th day uh and i have spoken of this before also so 40th day i remember in i was in bangalore i was having a cup of coffee and then i was uh, then i see nine cars one after the other coming with the name bhairava and i was very stunned because i have never seen this before and first one two i thought it's coincidence when so many of them came then this is like you can't ignore it that type of thing but my mind was still skeptical after that i had a vision of a presence in my room wherever 
so anyway that's how the my journey with bhairava started etc uh, bhairava the word actually means there are two different interpretations of it one is that it means terrifying okay the other is that uh, but terrifying to whom why are you terrified of bhairava because he is like that force which is absolutely naked there are no conditionings he is not put up any makeup he is not done in digambara the word that is used who's sky clad which means that naked is basically somebody who's unconditioned truth if anything that i've realized in my sadhana of bhairav baba is that he loves truth and he prepares and the truth is the only thing that we are scared of everybody in the world is scared of truth because somehow or the other the mind tries to modify it according to your circumstances ki you know this is what i like and that and i'm talking not just about your political affiliations or which football team you like no even in personal life that's for everybody we lie to ourselves before we lie to the world i had a bad breakup after i began bhairav upasana out of the blue bhairav baba he 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 takes you face to face with certain truths which your mind may or may not be able to or which perhaps your mind is pushing to the background okay uh his vidya the thing with his vidya is so lot of people say that bhairava is somebody who protects yes he protects but he makes you fearless yes how do you become fearless by facing your fears nobody in the world can become fearless by running away from fears he was the one who will say ki it's like that military training ki jo cheez tumhe dal lag raha hai i'll put you right there yeah 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 felt this worst case scenarios happened yeah. and then there wasn't the fir after that to <coughs> after a point to duniya jaye bhar mein you don't care yeah <laughs> you become very emotionally blunted yeah like i think i'm a little too emotionally blunted now like uh, where i've almost become i don't even know what to call it but i feel a lot of ferociousness on myself now I don't know how I feel about that, but mm. I'm just flowing with it as a will of. Mm. So that creates these are uh, changes, certain changes that Bhairava can create an individual. Uh, there is a very beautiful uh, uh, writing I was reading a couple of months ago. So some of the great masters, and uh, when we talk of Bhairava, it is important to uh, mention that the maximum amount of upasana, paddhatis, writings, and Bhairava came from Kashmiri Shaiva masters. they were bhairava upasakas okay fantastically bhairava upasakas lot of them and uh, so bhairava is uh, one of them defines it very beautifully uh, when you are scared of the world when you are scared of maya okay because the the world has a maya and you yourself have a maya maya is your attachment okay anything that you have attached yourself to is going to cause you some pain that's the dictum of the world and not just for you that happened to the great masters that happens to you me that will happen to people later on also whatever you have attached yourself to In, that is generated maya the one you love anything even your phone i there's a specific beautiful story that is coming to mind but i'll just hold it after i complete this section of the uh, <coughs> uh, uh so eventually they used to say that when you are tired of maya tired of this cycle of you know summer and winter and rains and all this abhi acha hai next time again there is a sadness same again there is happiness again there is sadness this seasons are going on you are scared of maya and when you are scared of maya there is a shout from within this is a visceral guttural 
cry for help that comes out from the sadhak from the upasaka from the mumukshu what is mumukshu means one who is eager for spiritual progress but he doesn't know anything so there is from from within there is this cry that comes out that is when bhairava responds he says that i'll take you to a state where this attach this mayas will go away i'll show you the reality as it is very fast that depends fast <laughs> or slow will depend on the person's purva samskara If you have done something with Bhairav Baba in past lives, very fast you will come. Before I forget, I'll tell you that story. Sure, it's very interesting. Uh, there was this great yogi. A um, lot of people know of him. You might have heard him. Uh, one of the Nath yogis, Gorakshanath, Baba Gorakshanath. He was like an immortal yogi. He's an amsa of Shiva. They say. Okay, he was like a part of uh, deities can send their amsa something. Amsa means a portion of their energy into the human form. Okay, and those people become great saints or great yogis and guide a lot of people like that, etc. So once Gorakshanath, he was going long back, many centuries ago, he was going to the city of Ujjain, okay, Avantika, and the king of that place, he was a great uh, scholar and things like that. He had written fantastic texts, and he had a lot of uh, as it ha- used to happen with kings. um he had a lot of women and many wives and things like that okay so i am telling you the overall um, rough story little bit so that the gist of the idea comes across so one of his favorite queens dies okay some incidents happen and queen dies and he is terribly sad terribly sad means he is like ho gaya mera life is done there's nothing else to do i mean this is the only woman i loved and she was the love of my life and etc etc like this so gorakshanath sees this gorakshanath has a kamandulu kamandulu you know this yogis carry the uh, water they will carry in that for achman and various other purposes so it's made of so he takes the kamandulu and he breaks it in the ground okay and then he starts crying exactly like the king ki mera ye toot gaya it's gone it's like oh my god i am i was this is the thing i wanted and the king got very pissed off hmm. and he said that what are you doing you you think that uh, you know uh, that thing you are you are trying to mimic me and mock me and all that he said no no i actually that that's the only thing i possession i have and i love it so deeply he said that uh, and then the king gets even more pissed off he said i am crying because my wife is gone okay so human being and you are uh, mocking me because of this kamandul so gorakshanath then tells him that uh, oh i i'm um, sure you really loved your wife that deeply but i also loved my you, you may have loved your wife but i loved my kamandulu hmm. for me this is the most important thing in life so by now the king is like really pissed and kings when they get very angry they can you know they can kill you also you can say kill this person something like that they can be whimsical so but goraksha tells him that Okay, if you really loved your wife, I'll put you to a test. So Goraksha had many occult abilities. Okay, yeah. So what he does is that he creates twenty-five women looking exactly like his wife, and tells him that find out which is your wife. If you can tell me this is my wife of these twenty-five women, he had the ability to create these things. He was a he was a immortal yogi. He was not not ordinary person. He was among the Navanath nine Nath yogis who are immortal sort of. Okay. Uh, and the king is like stunned 25 women exactly same looking talking same mannerism of speaking sitting talking etc and he he is like clueless ki what is happening and then suddenly in his mind there is this brain wave like epiphany that happens okay and he falls at the feet of goraksha 
and he says that uh, you teach me what is the reality of the world okay and then goraksha gives him sanyas diksha and he leaves his kingdom and he becomes a nath yogi himself and then he writes beautiful compositions on vairagya he becomes a great nath yogi vairagya is vairagya is detachment you detach yourself from the material world you will get bliss of the spiritual world but an almost no one can have both of these together if you are in the material you will pass through pleasure and pain now this now that etc but this story i find very interesting and i find very beautiful uh, uh, because um, it demonstrates actually for us that uh, you create by by your existence you create a maya around you through your attachment and that is normal for all people but also your true spiritual growth will start when from deep within you feel that nahi bahut ho gaya hai there is a cry that will come out in his case it happened because he created because of the power of the yogi for our case others also for that matter when there is a deep down there is a there is a there is a, 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 not resentment but more like you are tired of the world bahut ho gaya sab dekh liya everything see the same theme you will find in the first chapter of the gita is arjuna vishad yoga vishad means he's, he's in a state of depression is confused that these are my relatives abhi tak to there was full jingoism of war karna hai karna hai karna hai sab kuch hai at the moment he is confused these are my relatives okay he doesn't know so it creates a dilemma in the mind you are tired you don't know what the hell it is and then you look for somebody who is more intelligent and wiser and more capable ki boss tell me what it is and then there is the whole geeta that flows okay and after that he tells him no you have to still fight because this is destined this is dharma you cannot escape from dharma but you fight with a degree of detachment at this is the crux of all spiritual practices at the end of the day even if you read yoga vashishta which is one of the most beautiful uh, texts uh, uh, it has it starts of this way that lord rama is having conversation with rishi vashishta and vashishta is explaining vashishta is his kula guru but rama starts of this way that i have seen all the women i have seen all the wealth i have seen everything i have no attachment to what is fir i am tired of all this what is there what is beyond this and then he goes into a deep conversation and discussion on the spiritual aspects sab kuch everything is there at one point when the soul becomes tired of maya then this as i was mentioning this cry comes out and it may not be a loud thing it's not something that's audible also something that you know there is this desire from within what what i've seen all this is it all that there is to the universe is there something beyond this and that is when bhairava responds he says that okay i'll show you what is beyond this but to go to class 10 you have to leave class 9 you cannot keep attending the class 9 and class 10 and still go to class 10 ek cheez chhodoge tab ja ke upar jaoge yeah okay um what i find painful and i'm looking for another word but the only word i can think of is pain yeah uh what i find painful is how individualistic a spiritual journey eventually actually is especially in this society where we are taught about love we taught about shiv shakti even spirituality teaches us about love but at the end of the day it's all alone and it's your own self discipline and it's your own lonesome journey that will actually take you to the happiness that you're looking for in love in material pleasures in career success any happiness that you're actually chasing or any life goal you're actually chasing 
is actually your soul's cry for chasing that individual spiritual journey which is going to be alone even if you're married most likely most likely you mean it can be with other people no so what i've been mean is that there is a possibility and it's very rare there might be few individuals who may find a partner who is uh, of the same wavelength in spirituality and they both may grow together but it is very difficult and it's circumstantial yes like, very rare i have because in norm see this is the thing in normal life when you are dealing when you are at a very high spiritual state then you find somebody of that state and there will be a certain degree of matching and what you call it for lack of better words a, a resonance okay things will be more mature things will be fine but the initial stages people when they normally get married at the initial stages of their own spiritual growth at the initial stages are there so you are not perfect at that time you are still on the path right so there is still ego there is still various other factors that will come in and that is going to cause disturbance in the equation so we have this very romantic idea that there is you know this um, this perfect uh, partner alpha very rarely it happens practically very 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 rare and some of the greatest yogis if i may put it this way and this may sound very dark also some of the greatest yogis had very bad married life that's what's painful same pain i'm speaking and it was important in their destiny to go through that pain of a bad married life unless you are tired of the world how the hell are you going to go beyond the world so your god or your divine will force you through pain until that cry is created every one who's listening to this is going to face horrible pain some you know, pain somewhere in the life is going to come there is i've never seen anybody being able to actually grow without pain it's like they say na the gold uh, there's that english saying um, uh, fire tests gold as calamity tests strong men mm. men or women whatever but until you pass through the fire you are not made your mind and body is and there is a good reason for this by the way the reason is that when you go to the higher ranges of spirituality the energies that you will deal with your mind and body must have the capability to handle it otherwise it will damage you and that requires at the emotional level at the psychological level a certain degree of detachment from life which is exactly why again very low level statement i'm gradually beginning to value friendship more than i value romance and i think in the long term hmm. that's the only way you can make up for the individualism that a spiritual journey brings because the one theme that keeps coming up in shastras is sangat or sangati yes 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 who Absolutely. are your bros oh yes and by bros i don't just mean guys no, no, men women it. around you mm-hmm. what is your tribe mm. are they also on that similar journey yes it makes a huge difference and i feel a lack of it in varsova when i used to live in vadala mm-hmm. my vyss ashram was nearby there was a lot of mandirs nearby here all my bros are actors and writers and media professionals who are doing great mm. but they don't crave a spiritual journey the way folks like, in vadala did no absolutely true and it is very important at the initial stages to have some degree of community uh, a group of friends or something like that uh, i myself had that i still have it uh group of friends so with whom you can actually discuss some bit of this ki what how is sadhana going on how are things like that etc and um, uh, more or less those people whom i sort of guide in uh, spiritual practice eventually i tie them into one uh, sort of a group 
basically and together we do sadhanas also sometimes ki on specific tithis we'll do this specific tithis we'll do that it helps in the initial stages a lot that is the only true joy that god has sent you yeah. here with that there will be people who will yeah. struggle with you you're not alone exactly and there are people who will discuss ki i've been doing for so long i don't get an experience etc then there will be somebody it's who will console you it's okay you, when the time comes you'll get experience but at least when you see 10 other people doing with you it gives you certain motivation to continue yeah. and that is very important if you're lucky you'll find your wife or your husband in the <laughs> maybe if you're very 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 very, very, very lucky <laughs> maybe <laughs> i'll tell you this story hmm. that a billionaire actually told me hmm. so he he was a he's born into a hyper rich family hmm. like ultra rich and hmm. i and um, he hmm. has his own spiritual journey hmm. which he is on he's not found all the answers yet but he's a researcher mm. you know that's his core mm. he goes to the himalayas a lot himself mm. and this is a real mm. kind of famous person mm. um secretly goes to the himalayas a lot and asks him what's the strangest thing you've seen mm. and he said i've seen a lot of strange things mm. uh he gave me two stories mm. which stayed with me the first story was about the lake where the pandavas eventually descended i forgot the name of it mm-hmm. you know the last uh, story of the pandavas where they are on their way to way to swarga yeah mm-hmm. and okay. they're walking and there's right, a dog right. with them that eventually right, turns right. into yamraj yeah, yeah um i think yudhishthir passes away near a lake finally right. and then from that lake area mm-hmm. he ascends to mm-hmm. or descends to hell because that's Correct. so he goes to mm-hmm. hell first mm-hmm. um he said that they reached the physical location of that lake and i can't remember what the lake is and it's killing me okay. right now but we'll put probably put it in the video podcast mm-hmm. uh at night mm-hmm. once they meditated mm. from the from the center of the lake mm. from the center of the lake they saw a cobra come out mm. just do like a strange mysterious dance mm. and go back into the lake mm. didn't understand what it was he said that the people in his group also saw it mm. and as he was telling me this story mm. i was able to visualize exactly what he saw mm. maybe that's the joy of being a podcaster mm. that i'm able to do this through other mm. people's voice mm. and thoughts mm. uh but it stayed with me as it's staying with the viewers who are listening to it right mm. now the second story mm. and of course i'm going to ask you the meaning of both these things mm. or at least what you understand mm. from it the second story mm. was even stranger it was a slightly darker mm. visual mm. he said that on one of his treks mm. which was beyond the lake mm. they were in a very isolated part of the himalayas mm. uh they were trekking to another spiritual location which mm. is ahead of this lake mm. at night he had woken up to go to the toilet mm. and it's snow clad mountains they're mm. already in the middle of a lot of snow mm. so he said that basically when he went outside his mm. tent mm. to relieve himself in the distance maybe like 2 3 kilometers away he saw a group of men maybe three or four men i believe he said it's three or four walk towards the same spiritual location that they were going to mm. but he felt like those three or four men mm. who were on their way mm. looked like they were 10 feet tall that just made me think about all the mysteries of the himalayas hold because i know for a fact that there are many evolved humans and evolved beings mm. that already live in the himalayas mm. and many of them are also in physical form mm. but they are just so isolated from society mm. and 
they just living such secret lives that we don't even know hmm. correct i asked him what hmm. do you think those 10 feet tall men hmm. were he said i don't know but i've had enough spiritual experiences to differentiate positive energy from negative energy and this wasn't positive energy hmm. he said that he did feel creeped out hmm. now i want to ask you about both these incidents hmm. so the first thing is that uh, uh snakes are very very important uh and powerful um symbolisms as well as their physical presence specifically specifically at a certain level of spirituality if you attain okay so it, it is not a coincidence that shiva has a snake around his neck vishnu lies on a snake uh if you see the image of goddesses matara she has snakes as girdles bhairav baba wears a janeu of snake okay janeu is the 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 sacred thread that brahmins wear so he wears a janeu made of snake okay uh they are for lack of better words at not all snakes so just because you see a physical snake does not necessarily mean that it is Okay before that there's there's another <laughs> so love it love it <laughs> uh, so this is a uh, what i'm describing to you is something that was told to me by somebody who's one of the most powerful uh, uh, tantrapasaks i know of and it is true 100% whether you believe it or not doesn't make a difference to me i know it is true i'm just describing to you so he is uh, he sees somebody who's been bitten by a snake uh, this gentleman see somebody who's bitten by a snake and what he does is that very interesting with a certain kind of mantra and a certain herb he first draws a circle around that individual with that mantra and that herb he touches that individual who has been bitten by the snake okay it's a small girl actually little girl snake and he does a recitation of certain chants okay of devi after some time uh that girl starts speaking in the voice of a an adult man okay and he is not alone but there are other people around in the room by the way when this is happening okay everybody is stunned except him everybody is stunned and then he asks that that girl uh, or whatever is inside that girl and asks him that why are you here what have you done okay and that voice tells him that um, i am one of their ancestors who's in a uh, bad shape and i bit this girl because there are certain rituals that were not being performed for the ancestors okay. whose ancestor was it the families to the, whom the, the same girl girls ha huh, the girl's family it was one of the girl's ancestors yes who had taken the form of a snake yes and bitten her yes okay and then this gentleman says okay uh, we will do whatever has to be done so that your your whatever troubles you are in is finally uh, removed and etc and uh, then certain he prescribed certain rituals and eventually after some time the girl becomes all right okay uh this may sound like a completely fantastic thing but this is i know this is real because uh, there are things i have seen and experienced and the gentleman who was telling me i know him very well to know that he is capable of all these things okay so uh, snakes are a very peculiar kind of uh, every every animal every entity in the world has its own shakti snakes have a peculiar shakti which is much more powerful and superlative than just about everything else okay everything else in terms of? in terms of whether it's human being whether it's another animal whether it's this that etc 
and among these what we call snakes there is so there are two terms that are used in the sanskrit that is called the nagas and the sarpas okay so nagas are kind of a specific kind of beings which were there and um, uh, so you will see that even in the mahabharata when parikshita is bitten by a snake actually takshak uh, uh, and there is seven day when he hears the bhagavatam and all that and then there is a yagya that is done as a revenge to kill all snakes so basically there is we see even in the scriptures that there is an engagement of snakes with humans at a level which is not there at this moment we consider it to be just as a reptile moving around but they were capable of certain powers and certain abilities at one point okay uh, snakes what we call or nagas etc nagas are those type of snakes specifically which had developed some let's say for lack of better words we have some specific occult powers which is much more superlative than uh, just about anybody in fact we believe that patanjali who gave us the yoga sutras he himself or lakshmana is sheshnag sheshnag who comes with vishnu okay so there is cultural memory says that there are snake like beings or snakes who have exceptional powers now these beings get attracted to those who have a serious amount of spiritual energy lord vishnu he lies on a snake shiva there is a snake around him okay and these gods devatas they are so powerful they have the bhairav baba like he has snakes around in his body even the most poisonous snake will be calm in their presence but if you ever have an encounter with a snake uh, uh anyway uh, <laughs> no, no, they, because the, i am speaking and there are things in the head that there's a filter of what can be spoken of in public and what should not be so that type of uh, and this isn't just public this is i know his, <laughs> this is going to stay there no, i have seen the effect from the last time so that's why i'm more cautious <laughs> yeah. so uh, anyway fundamentally this is there so if you see suddenly that there is a snake uh, i'm assuming that this if this has happened a snake comes out of the lake so you can be certain that there is a very strong there is a being or an entity with a tremendous amount of spiritual power exceptional amount of power it's not even i'm not even talking about saints something that's beyond saints something of the realm of gods something like that okay uh, even a smaller deity also their snakes will come Uh, in fact uh, one of the stories i'd heard from one of my gurus he was doing a he was with his uh, his guru uh, it's many years ago and they were doing a ritual uh, uh, of the goddess specifically and in between his and my guru was then youngster okay he was younger so guru's guru he tells him that um, you know aram uh, se sit down there's a homa that is happening and you will see a snake coming okay don't get up don't get scared don't get scared it will do nothing so after some time he sees that there is a snake kind of cobra that is coming and that area where the huma was happening it's very isolated i've been there okay it's it's a it's it's a cremation ground actually okay so that snake comes from there and there's a fire that's burning normally wild animals will never approach a fire that's the beauty of fire there's the power of fire by the way wild animals if you if you are in the forest you know nothing first thing you do is light a fire light of fire means nothing is going to come close to you and beauty of thing is that it has a certain democratic power you may, you need not be a 6 feet uh, gym going uh, hunk you could be just a 12 year old girl sitting with a fire no wild animal is going to come close to you they have an organic fear of fire especially wild animals okay so this snake suddenly comes in from there and starts doing what we call pradakshina round of the fire two three times it does and then it goes away okay and his guru was sitting his guru says that this 
कुछ होने वाला था वो स्पीकिंग टू द स्नेक ओके स्टेलिंग सो देर आर रिचुअल्स बाई द वे एंड यू नो द इंटेंसिटी ऑफ द रिचुअल द शक्ति दैट इज बींग प्रोड्यूस वाई डिट द स्नेक कम बिकॉज दर्ज दर्ज इन द होमा इज डन होमा इज वॉट बेसिकली यू आर वर्शिपिंग अ सर्टन डेटी इन द फायर ओके सो इट वॉज अ फॉर्म ऑफ महाविद्या होमा वॉज गोइंग ऑन ऑफ अ पर्टिकुलर महाविद्या इन द फायर ओके सो देट इज प्रेजेंस वॉज देयर ऑटोमेटिकली इट विल ड्रॉ दैट एलिमेंट देयर दैट स्नेक विच वॉज देयर इट कुड बी अ बींग इन द फॉर्म ऑफ अ स्नेक विल कम देयर एंड दैट इज इट्स वे ऑफ शोइंग इट्स एवरेंस and there are rituals by the way in tantra in practical tantra one is that this one is the uh, theoretical thing in practical tantra there are rituals where you know the ritual success or failure the amount of energy shakti that is being generated in the ritual by looking at the circumstantial evidence how animals are behaving around that because animals do not lie humans can lie you can pretend and animal doesn't pretend it organically behaves spontaneously it will behave it senses that there is something and will be whether it's a dog whether it's a snake whether certain kinds of birds and in some extreme cases even wildlife for example leopards and all that let's talk about nagas yeah i don't know whether it was you or someone else on the show who said that the ancient nagas that we speak about the yeah. ones that bhim met when he went to the bottom of that the lake, lake. Yeah. and the ones that are mentioned in mm-hmm. uh, all the puranas mm-hmm. etc mm-hmm. uh were a part of india i think praveen mohan was on the show and he said that there are villages in south india where the village is built on the side of a hillock and on the top of that little hill mm. there were these tiny ancient hutments mm. built mm. and the local villagers believed that those huts mm. were actually the home to nagas who were just smaller human beings right. something like pygmies but mm. they looked like reptilian mm. beings mm. someone else told me that they were the ancestors of the modern day snakes we see around mm. someone else has told me mm. that they are actually still there but they're just hidden hmm. nagas have gone to very hidden hmm. parts of hmm. the earth they're hmm. still inhabiting someone else said they went back to the planet that they came from hmm. i don't even know what the truth is hmm. so i'd like to actually talk about both modern day snakes and their power hmm. and nagas and the reason i ask you about modern day snakes hmm. is because human beings often think that we are the most evolved and most intelligent hmm. creatures because hmm. we've discovered science hmm. but what if we've not discovered what we even don't know that we've not discovered Mm. and the gauge of intelligence is not necessarily scientific achievement maybe yeah. there are other formats of science mm. which other animals mm. know about like whales or mm. snakes or dolphins mm. or dogs mm. why is intelligence only related to technology and science mm. so let's break down nagas as well as modern day snakes mm. so nagas uh, i cannot say with full conviction that what exactly happened to nagas but more or less yes they were very powerful uh, reptilian beings snakes you can call them uh, and as i mentioned they do have a lot of occult power and occult abilities they had and um, uh, they are very powerful to the extent that uh, they can manifest the various they could at least we have texts that mention that they could manifest the various siddhis that siddhis are the special um, uh, you know powers for lack of better words that can come to an individual or a yogi who goes to a very high level those they could manifest um, plus they would often uh they get naturally drawn towards beings who have greater power than themselves that is why even buddha by the way the, the buddhist texts mention that when he was meditating uh, there was a naga that came and gave him shelter okay shiva has a naga around him vishnu has 
sleeps on a snake uh, devi has lot of matara's iconography will have snakes uh, you know tied to her anklets are snakes her yes are various things okay <coughs> so nagas are basically let's look at this way peep look you can think of them as uh, creatures who had lot of evolved spiritual knowledge uh one specific some certain specific techniques of spirituality spirituality is not just a simple uh, one way track it is like there are it's like a tree the bhagavad gita describes spirituality as an inverted tree okay so it's a tree with multiple branches with so many there's yoga is there pranayama is there tantra is there in tantra dakshinachar vamachar is there aghora is there so many devatas are there it is not at all a one you know one track thing it depends why is it there because there are going to be different types of individuals these are all parts so certain specific types of spiritual progress spiritual paths the nagas had absolute mastery of from the nagas we have the yoga sutras the patanjali's you know patanjali himself was a naga it's believed to be uh, and uh, some of the uh, the techniques of yoga come from them to us it's like they brought this knowledge to the world what they i feel what when i study these things that what they gave is very exclusive and not fit for uh, living just not just yoga there are other aspects of them their knowledge is not fit for the average common human being because human beings are not yet that evolved to take that kind of a knowledge or execute them maybe one or two individuals at some places may have done that but others do not have the capacity for it their techniques are very intense sometimes it is possible for an individual to have a naga as a benefactor also by the way benefactor means somebody who protects you he and by it it can happen through a ritual or it can happen automatically also this is exactly what the naga is doing when he is coming and you know putting up his hood in front of buddha who is meditating for so many days because there is a higher level spiritual power that is there so it automatically comes as a protector the same thing is happening in another format when there is a it's not a naga but uh, from that the current day snakes that we have they have some uh, kind of a link okay so when that ritual is going on or any ritual is going on the snake comes and it does a pradakshina and it moves around without harming anybody that's very important and here is the catch if you get scared of it that automatically indicates that you do not have that spiritual power to be steady and calm in the presence of that entity or being or or that's naga or snake etc then it is either not going to come to you or it is going to react to you okay so that is what nagas are it, even today naga worship by the way happens in in kerala there are temples of nagas and uh, in the same context there are certain doshas in horoscopes in in jatakas when the when the grahas uh, that are there in jyotisha certain doshas which are called as naga dosha or sarpa dosha okay which if present in individual is going to cause you a lot of friction in life lot of badhas sometimes difficulty in conceiving children getting married happiness various things okay so when those are there it's a standard dictum to get uh, specific rituals and pujas done in specific kshetras in order to calm them down so nagas are at one point their engagement with our civilization was far deeper now whether nagas went back to their realm i personally feel and i'm just speculating because i have no direct knowledge of this i personally feel that no there are still nagas but they are more hidden in their own domains and they will not appear to you until you have achieved a certain degree of proficiency uh, there is a interesting anecdote a story that comes in and i read it in sri aurobindo's writings mm, once he was meditating i think he or the mother who was his spiritual consort uh, uh, i think she was meditating on sri aurobindo and this meditating on the problem that why is there poverty 
and then he goes to a certain realm okay and he, uh, i'm just telling it as it is written okay uh, goes to a certain realm and then sees that there is a huge amount of wealth kept in that realm and they ask uh, but there are nagas two or three nagas who are guarding that wealth okay and then they ask them that why is not this released to the world because there are people who suffer from etc and they say that there's a price for this there are certain base human instincts until you overcome them this will not come to you which means that poverty is always going to exist okay. and he writes that down uh, any other person would have told me this i would have perceived perhaps thought that it's his imagination or something but sri aurobindo was a very evolved yogi okay he is he's not the kind of the mother that to make up something like that but um, that also uh ties with some other colloquial stories that in local languages in local different parts of india we have which mentions that nagas sometimes guard wealths and very rare treasures it could be a physical treasure uh wealth means there are different categories of wealth in the world one is the money money is the easiest form of wealth but there are precious gems there are some kind of uh, hidden stones or things like that so they may guard those wealth so that it doesn't fall into the hands of undeserving or something like that see snakes have this thing snakes there are two types one is the evolved snakes and then there are the lower category of snakes which are um, also uh, which are not particularly favored by the way for example we have this ex we get from the texts the story that rishi kashyap had two wives diti and aditi and from one the gods were born devatas were born and from one the lower beings were born so one of them had uh, children uh who were snakes so one of the things the normal snake has is that there is snake has jealousy jealousy yeah, means no 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 let's let's take it as a symbolism i'm not saying that in a specific that a snake has jealousy no the snake symbolizes at the lower realm that clinging to something why is that person getting it mere ko kyun nahi mil raha that sense is symbolized by snake i'm not saying that actually snake has that feeling of love or jealousy but snake presence ordinary snake's presence can indicate at the negative sense jealousy and this is exactly the doshas that reflect into the horoscope when there are naga sarpa doshas etc and many other things it it causes problems of as i was saying whether somebody is not able to get married or not happy or things like that and there's no amount of uh, upasana of normal deities who are going to cure you of that because deities because you have done some karmas in past with respect to snakes or something and often it happens that if you kill snakes it can manifest more strongly not if not in this lifetime then in other lifetimes okay i have a small story i want to share which yeah. i have not said on the show and i actually feel very bad talking about this mm. but i'm still going to talk about it um my building like mm. the building i grew up in my family's building mm. uh and my neighbors mm. building mm. had a net in the middle like okay. a metallic net like mm. a jali mm. and when i was 16 one day i just heard a lot of shouting happening in the compound so i mm. went out and saw from my balcony mm. try to figure out what's happening i could see something is stuck in that jali and you know where the story is going mm. it was a gray colored snake mm. okay and my watchman was also freaking out uh and he was a calm guy usually mm. you know he was a gardener he and he was very in sync with nature but i saw him freaking mm. out for the first time mm. i saw people collecting around these two buildings mm. and this one gentleman came and mm. caught the snake with a stick mm. and i was excited so i went down to mm. see what's happening mm. but i'm just a 16 year old observing this right first of all i felt damn weird that in 16 years i'd never even seen a snake in my life and this is the first snake i saw mm. i'm curious to see what he's doing with the stick mm. 
he kind of wrapped it around the stick trapped it poured kerosene and burnt the snake wow. in front of everyone it's terrible and i remember how that snake was wincing when it was being burnt mm. and i knew that some dark energy was surrounding everyone who was viewing that snake be burnt mm. including myself mm. but i was 16 wasn't even confident enough mm. to have a conversation right. with a stranger i didn't know what to do Mm. Do you think me being a part of that snake being burnt had an effect? Uh, that will be a minor effect in the sense because you empathize with the which is normal with that uh, creature, and uh, but the individual who does it will definitely uh, specifically and uh, harming snakes is uh, more or less problematic. If not right, then definitely you will have to have some strong repercussions. See, see, this is the. interesting thing we say generally that harming anything is bad but it depends on what exactly it is which means every entity every being every living non living or animate thing has its own shakti the shakti that a snake has is very different from more or less every other animal harming snakes specifically snakes that have poison is an invitation for troubles and if there are certain combinations in the horoscope they trigger those combinations immediately after that life is going to go for a toss all things that you go will have repercussions in their way so uh, snakes are sort of it's not that see snakes are very individualistic creatures by the way the other thing is that uh, it's not to be something you uh, they're not in the sense that they're not friends a snake is not a dog by the way a dog is very friendly can be very friendly i'm saying even cats perhaps okay i don't have any ye with cats but i'm just saying um and dog being bhairav baba's wahan is <laughs> even more interesting but snakes are not your friends they don't like they are like super introverts it's not uh, to it's not like i have a pet snake and, and it doesn't care about you let it be happy in its own way okay that is what is important harming snakes has repercussions i believe that uh, it's it's not a good thing to do but i don't think that you have personally should be worried about that because you were not directly involved in causing anything and there were other people also and you were just 16 so don't suffer from the guilt of it uh, whatever uh, negative feeling you had at that moment and i can completely understand what when you are describing it, it take it as it is past it's not your fault but what was the symbolism of maya throwing up that incident to me is was it for this conversation i don't know <laughs> so so these uh, if you if you if you have to analyze these you have to analyze what happened in your life after that in the next 6 months one year how did it go etc so it's like a little perhaps a little too late to have this uh, self analysis at the moment but more or less you know um uh, specifically when you evolve more spiritually you see that everything that you see or you experience or you meet there are certain indications that will come in your life around ki uh, whether it was a positive thing or negative thing or etc things like that but i believe that you should not hold a guilt feeling because of it because obviously you were not responsible for it you were just 16 but yeah it's not a good idea to uh, harm snakes specifically if the snake is poisonous even more reason don't dis- don't be too ye with it like a lot of people i it's their mentality i suppose they feel that it's very nice to have a snake and display and take photos and all that snake doesn't enjoy it you may be enjoying it snake is not enjoying it okay so let it be as it is in its natural setting don't disturb it don't go ahead and unnecessarily poke it and if you find a snake coming into your territory and all that so call the animal controller whatever and put it into wherever it has to be put instead of killing it and all that because killing snakes will trigger certain repercussions if not now then at the right time and that is 
that's guaranteed yeah it's a very heavy format of karma why do you think of all animals the snake is considered representative of the kundalini shakti you mm. tell me that is because it's like uh, if you re- if you look at the uh, if you look at the original diagrams of kundalini so it's like they described as a, as a snake coil snake three and a half coils of the muladhara and then it starts rising up and when it fully manifests it's like a snake with its hood open okay so and snakes are this very interesting creatures of which the nagas and all uh, who are there of the same it's like uh, like humans for example there are humans who are very spiritual very advanced and then there are humans who are extremely diabolical and very malefic types both are possible in the same same species right so snakes are like that there could be very highly evolved snakes and then there could be very lower snakes and we see this example and as i was saying rishi kashyap's wife so he uh, one of his wives he, uh, she gave birth to a lot of snakes and the snakes were extremely jealous types okay but one of them is also the sheshnaga okay and he is very spiritual in nature that is why he becomes he has the ability to hold the world and he's he has a connection with vishnu okay and the other snakes become an enemy of garuda garuda is also connected to vishnu and garuda was born from the other wife of kashyapa so average snake is a symbol of an extreme competitiveness jealousy bitterness the dark feelings that a human also has it's a symbol of that but a snake that has and that is very rare and this is where the nagas come in if ever anybody gets to encounter one not normally you will not uh those are very different they may even bless an individual there is a concept uh, of something and there's a, uh, today in based on this concept a lot of fraud also happens something known as a nag money it's believed nag what nag money money is a jewel money money means jewel so it's believed that certain nagas when they live up to a long time they develop a certain kind of jewel in their head okay now don't go into analyzing this scientifically okay it's not leave science aside this is the realm of uh, occult and uh, things that are not n- normally by the five senses okay so they have this money and they can shed that money that specific gem if an individual gets hold of that gem it causes an absolutely like going in a lift your life is going to change tak 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 every aspect whether it's material whether it's spiritual whether it's everything whatever you touch is going to go like rocket speed this can be found in jungles no it's very difficult to find that's why i say a lot of fraud happens i know people who have been duped uh, by um, people claiming that they have found an agmani and they will ask for crores and all that and lot of important people who are aware of this concept keep searching for that uh, but if at all if anybody finds it ever i believe that it's possible to find uh, obviously otherwise whatever uh, lore or story comes in there's always a element of truth in that okay and given that it is connected to naga so if somebody finds a gem like that it can cause but it's not not at all easy to find and most of the people you will find that who are selling these things are most of them are just frauds the snakes we see in the modern day mm. which you see in cities also occasionally yeah. they are also spiritual creatures no not all not all see this is they are animalistic uh, they can be normal animalistic they can be completely normal animalistic and tying it back to that uh, story which i told you of that individual who uh, that little girl whose voice changed and all that 
he was explaining to me so there are different types of snakes there are entities that can take the form of snakes one of the forms they love taking okay and in that uh, they can call they can bite somebody or they can do something and that is always a reason behind it why it is there so there's a specific kriya or mantra which he was doing he suspected that it is one of those kind of entities using which you can figure out that is it a normal animal as a snake as a reptile as a snake or it is some of the entities that are behaving like a snake and then do whatever needs to be done okay so again these things are very difficult for people to believe until they have a direct experience of it which is perfectly all right if you if anybody doesn't want to believe there's no force in this but strange things happen okay <laughs> there's a whole mysterious world that's going on yeah as we speak in the background um which is why i want to take you back to that other himalayan story okay It, for the sake of trs clips i'm going to repeat the story very quickly yeah a very spiritually oriented friend of mine goes deep hiking in the himalayas um beyond uh where most people choose to go hiking mm. he's going towards a particular kind of spiritual location which is very 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 remote very inaccessible takes days to trek up there on one of the nights where they are sheltered uh in tents he goes out to relieve himself and 2 3 kilometers away at least he sees three to four extremely tall men who he believe were 10 feet tall walk in the same direction of the spiritual place that they were going to hike towards the following day and he said that he got a mysterious and maybe even negative energy from even looking at them he got scared enough to go back in his tent and just be with his own family i'm not just asking you about what he saw i'm asking you about the world in the himalayas that we don't even know mm. we spoke about how even animals can be spiritual or non spiritual or malevolent i'm sure human beings can also become malevolent yes or non spiritual or people yes. who have been spiritual can move to the dark side yes what did he see what's happening in the himalayas uh so what he saw i cannot exactly tell you because there are in my mind there are certain factors first of all uh, if i don't know that individual um, assuming that the story is correct uh, if i don't know that individual i don't know whether they really have the capacity to judge if something is uh, positive or negative why that's because if you are put into a strange environment if you see something strange uh, you can feel negative even if it is not negative it is possible mm. okay unless you have so i i can't make that judgment for him but suppose if there is first of all in the himalayas once you start going beyond uh, reaches of uh, even in the lower himalayas if you go to badrinath i recently been to uh, badrinath um, for some uh, some sadhana and all that uh, and uh, beyond as you go to remote areas let's just say that the spirituality of the previous yugas are still present there today to things have become corrupted on at a mass level and uh, we are where we are there is only so much we can do but what when we read stories of the uh, mahabharata or the even earlier eras where great yogis used to go terrific sadhana for thousands of years strange powers they would get and all that everything the gods would manifest easily things like that so consider that that level of spirituality is still present in the himalayas and it is not accessible for people it is not meant for ordinary people to go there and uh, if the spiritual road is uh, say say 1000 i'm just saying for a roughly actually spirituality never ends 
never ever ends. You can stop somewhere. If you reach a thousand dollar goal, if you reach two hundred, three hundred, you'll become a big saint and you can sit and make an ashram and do a lot of things. Okay, but there are people who may want to go even deeper, five hundred, six hundred level till more. There you cannot interact with the society anymore. You have to leave the society and you have to go to those realms. Okay, uh, that's because there is a huge gap in the energy. Huge gap in the energy. So, what what will happen if you interact with people? No, you no, it's 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 not like that. What it's nothing will happen. It's like um, uh, say you are what thirty now. Okay, so if somebody tells you that uh, gives you a class five toy and says, "Can you play with it?" Mm. Same thing will happen. Mm. It's it's you will not like this. That's about it. They've understood Maya. Uh, Maya, to. Maya, this is beyond Maya. See, even taking in a tangent, in the Kashmiri Shaiva system, they have thirty-six tattvas. Okay, there is a particular tattva. Tattva means there are different stages of realities. Let's just look at it that way, for lack of better words. So there is a particular tattva. Uske beyond that, Maya also ends. But after that, also there are depth of spirituality. <laughs> it is not. It doesn't end there. Depth and depth and depth. This why do you think Adi Shakti or Parabhairav cannot be imagined? It is beyond your imagination. So that means between that beyond imagination level and between the last realm of Maya, there are still layers. What are the difficulties there for the journeyman? There, at that level, what's the challenge? <laughs> that level things function very differently. It is not like us. The Maya and all that is left behind long back. Okay, you have. Transcended there, you follow. Actually, there is something known as uh, the yogis, nath yogis, and all this to believe. Um, the word called adesh. Adesh is command. A uh, lot of people use it today, just like that. Ki adesh mil raha, adesh mil. That's all uh, mostly show and all that. But actually, uh, there are certain chakras which are, people speak of the six chakras, right? No, there are more chakras than that. Let me just put it this way. And there are chakras which are not even opened in you. Yes, six two is functional because you are functioning in this world. You have this five six chakras that are going on. That is good or bad. It is functional. So you are feeling uh, today. You are feeling a lot of pain because there is some amount of some emotional trauma that has gone through, etc. That is because one of your chakras is damaged. So it is feeling the pain there. Your uh, muladhara starts functioning. You acquire a lot of uh, wealth, property, etc. Automatically comes in. Swadeshtana starts functioning. You suddenly have a plethora of relationships that are going on. Your uh, Manipura starts functioning. You suddenly have a commanding, um, uh, you know, whatever capability. Any leader must have a strong Manipura chakra. Otherwise, you cannot function as a leader. People will not listen to you. So, like this, all the, these six are the traditional, normal happening in everybody, good or bad. Beyond this, also there are chakras which are it's like buds which are closed. Not just negative positive ka baati nahi hai. It is not functional in human ninety nine percent of people. Through the power of kundalini and shakti, through the upasana devadas, if somebody reaches that realm, it's very rare. You can pass shakti through those chakras and they will start activating. And once they activate, there is one specific chakra. Then you will start getting an adesh, which is a command. Command from whom? That is when you are at the realm where you attain a divine guru. Guru hai. They may not be here. They are not interested in the ordinary person. Okay, those are like they will then through that they will give you an instruction ki ye karna hai, aise karna, aise karna. So in that in the higher realms, in the highest of realms, 
the conception of time changes completely so you that's why you see in the puranas some rishi is doing vishamitra is doing tapasya of gayatri mantra for 1000 years how is it possible in that realm conception of time will completely change your body's aging and things like that is going to be uh, dramatically changed okay you are i am talking of a realm which is beyond even the normal conception of nirvana let me put it this way and this is going to shock many average understanding of people we think that nirvana is the end uh, it is the end yeah it is very high but it is also the door to some other realms of spirituality which is very 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 rare and those realms are where the, the playground of those realms is the himalayas uske niche nahi hota ye sab or maybe the depth of the ocean the depth oh, of the ocean yeah there are <laughs> there so that is that is uh, it's very difficult to describe those things in normal term terminology it's very difficult it's like uh, a person who has not read um, suppose you are learning kid is learning in class 3 4 addition subtraction suddenly you tell him there is something called a negative number he'll freak out wo wo negative number kahan se aa gaya positive number ye khatam nahi ho raha hai to negative kahan se it's something like that it's so obtuse and it's not even and again i repeat it's not meant for ordinary, it's not needed for ordinary people and i am pretty damn sure that a lot of people who will hear this will completely misunderstand this and they will start thinking for tomorrow ki mere ko bhi ye sab ho raha hai mere ko depth of the ocean mila i am just guessing from the emails that i get okay bahut sara cheez ho raha hai so either you will be completely in denial ki ye bakwas hai which is okay fine i am happy with that okay and problematic is that no mere sath bhi ho raha hai ye sab cheez theek hai main main ghar pe ye sun raha hu ye anyway i have had so many emails from kalki avatars ha <laughs> ah, ki the world, fate of the world is <laughs> dependent on me and uh, so like that uh, just <laughs> they're all real what i'm saying but yeah that depth of spirituality is something completely different and shiva and bhairava and all this they are beyond that depth wow they are beyond that depth can you imagine what degree of subtlety that is ये आवर नॉर्मल कंसेप्शन इज निर्वाणा तक ठीक है उसके ऊपर भी जाता है जाता है जाता है देर इज अ पर्टिकुलर स्टेज टिल विच यू कैन रीच इन दिन द लास्ट फाइव ऑफ द तत्वर्स एंड दैट इज सी इन शांख्य फिलोसॉफी दैट इज वन ऑफ द सिक्स फिलोसॉफीज देर आर ट्वेंटी फोर तत्वर्स ओके एंड दैट इज टेकन इन वेदांत एंड अदर ब्रांचेज ऑफ फिलोसॉफी इन द हिंदू फिलोसॉफी धर्म फिलोसॉफी सो ट्वेंटी फोर इज द फाइनल Kashmiri Shaiva Upasakas, and I I revered them very highly because they did tremendous work on the philosophy of Bhairava. Because I like Bhairava Baba, so I like reading them for my own purposes. I am not a scholar. Let me be very clear. Okay, neither an academic nor scholar, nothing. So they added that twenty four is not enough. We need thirty six tattvas. Twenty four tattvas, that your Maya and all that is fine. Your Nirvana agya. Uske baad how how do you determine what happens there? See, you have a glass of water. and there is water in the ocean scientifically both of them are h2o okay a little bit composition mein thoda idhar udhar hoga but more or less h2o hai so what uh, so are, are these two same same but not same an ocean can hold an ecosystem it can cause a i don't know tsunami tornado whatever it is theek hai ocean ships fly in it there are fishes this that so many depths no hardly people know what is the difference the difference is shakti 
and at the higher realms and higher realms it is the difference in shakti that makes all the difference eventually and there is a particular is this after this 24 tattvas there is a there is a realm shuddha vidya it is called the pure realm where there are mantras all these seven crore mantras that shiva gave out to the world and told them that you help people those who serve the mantra when you are chanting a mantra you are doing seva to the mantra you are charging it also look at it this way you are doing seva to the mantra like you do seva to a guru and it is going to guide you there is a shakti inherent in the mantra the shakti of the mantra when we sit and do nyasa shakti of the mantra is in the leg leg means movement it is going to cause some movement in your life whether you like it or not and this is done by the authority of shiva he has charged this mantras of all deities and given it to the world in that realm whoever follows the rules and does japa of the mantra he is doing seva to the mantra and the mantra in turn will give him something it will guide his path that becomes like a guru why does a guru is very important in the physical realm most people need a physical guru because most people are most people uh, which is fine completely but at a very high level you can have a non physical entity as a guru only the thing is that and this question comes to me often that why can't we have a devata as a guru few people can have but most people cannot have why because the deity is not going to respond to your whims and fancies see uh, uh, my physical gurus are very fantastic i need something i can go and just sit and finally they are human beings so with a human guru you have the advantage that there is a human component involved okay but for an inanimate uh, non physical guru let's put it this way not inanimate sorry inanimate is wrong word non physical guru like a deity etc uh their dealing is very different they are not going to jump around by your whims and fancies you cannot fool them so easily you cannot do uh, buttering up to them okay wo sab nahi chalta so that realm what happens is that after that those last as i was saying the last five tattvas when somebody reaches that realm the mantras are there then beyond the mantras there is shiva there is a lot of other things there sada shiva okay uh in fact if you if you look at the iconography of ma kali dakshina kali or if you look at the iconography of tripur sundari the one of the most powerful deities goddesses so we'll speak about it sometime but if you look at her iconography you will see that she is uh, uh, there are there are four beings holding up a throne those are ishwaras so in the normal conception we consider ishwara to be the ultimate here ishwaras are brahma vishnu rudra and ishwara another entity okay these four have the ishwar tattva that means they are like gods ishwara all powerful hum log with our conception of god is what when we simplify okay there is this great being in the world who can create destroy very powerful etc that is ishwara beyond ishwara they are holding the throne okay on the throne there is a white colored shiva lying down that is sada shiva okay on sada shiva is tripur sundari sitting so sadashiva is a stage even beyond ishwara they are saying <laughs> as in god came out of the ha sadashiva is even beyond ishwara and uh, there are some of the masters that also mention that the tattva of sadashiva if you are very 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 good in spirituality you are exceptional you might reach up to the tattva of sadashiva tattva means it's like they just like i mentioned ki water so so i can say that the water in the ocean and the water in the glass have the same tattva but the shakti is different 
you're talking about spirituality beyond nirvana yeah, yeah. So this is this is very this is a different realm altogether okay and as i keep repeating again and uh, even when i'm privately discussing with somebody so this is not meant for ordinary people and uh, if you think too much and if you the, the problem with speaking all this is that if your own energy is not up to a certain level of spirituality you are 100% going to misunderstand all these things at the risk of being misunderstood i'm still saying because it's coming in a flow that's why i'm going on so this till the realm of sadashiva you might attain in your physical form after that realm your body cannot hold that energy you have to leave the body but even if you leave the body you are not dead you become more powerful your constraints of the body goes you become even more powerful and you and these beings they are almost non different from shiva almost non different if you and i were to look at these beings we'll think this is shiva only they have done so much upasana they have become almost gods they guide various other beings and other people who are doing sadhana etc you are doing upasana i am doing bhairav upasana okay and suddenly this intuition tying it back to what i was telling you intuition comes that in an hour there's a call going to come from these guys and they will say that on specific date you have to come and that date is uh, important to bhairav baba so you just say yes i am thinking that okay this this thing it's perhaps bhairava is telling me but how do i know it's not one of those beings it's them also who do all this because they are they are they are given the charge of guiding bhairava is very high up he may not come he is aware chipur sundar is aware that who is doing or shiva is aware that who is doing upasana shiva is not going to come so easily there along him there are parivara these are called the parivaras family the deities so when we traditionally worship in our dharma uh in our dharma there is no monotheism by the way it's impossible monotheism means we worship only one no even if you are worshiping one if you are worshiping shiva there will be parivar devatas if you are worshiping vishnu there will be parivar devatas it's like if you have if you are inviting say the prime minister he is not going to come alone full uh, with him security and i don't know what all will come with him same thing this is so important they are never alone and they are aware they are aware of everything but they will not interfere it is these at this parivar devatas have their krama they are all these beings in these realms they will be the first ones to interact you are doing acha you are doing shiva upasana and all that etc etc um after a stage initial stages nobody bothers katte raho theek hai bahut lamba rasta hai but suppose you are able to build up a certain degree of energy they will be the first to come and see what does this guy want actually chahta kya hai and do people want things other than just spiritual ah, growth a lot of people lot of people have deep the heart is the most peculiar thing in the human being it has all sorts of desires so never listen to what a person says <laughs> never listen to i'm just saying that, that that's the truth by the way so to judge a person observe what he is doing that will give you that what is the secret motivation in the heart sometimes people are motivated by desires which they are consciously not aware of ask them why do you want to do sadhana no no i want to reach spirituality this that some tote ki tarah rata hua some statements they will put okay and i can sense that his energy is nowhere close to that that mumukshuta that thing is not there in him give him some sadhana after some days ye nahi ho raha wo nahi ho because that energy is not there so the heart is maybe somewhere else very often in fact uh, in fact uh, speaking of this i think in the gita i don't remember the chapter exactly so krishna lord krishna mentions this to arjuna uh that 
Arjuna asks, what happens if a yogi doesn't succeed? He says that he can be born in tremendous splendor. And there are some who are even higher. They may be born in a family of yogis where he can continue that same practice from childhood. But why does somebody get born in splendor? To distract them from... Nah, because deep down the desire was that I want something fantastic. I am so इसने in past life he has done practices and because of those practices he is getting all this benefits and material has its own pull maya is very strong and you don't do any other practice now kuch nahi karte ho normal you are running after you are making money or whatever you are doing etc etc fantastic very good enjoy this life next life you will be back to where you were before wapas aa gaya or you may go even bad because if you if you misuse if you don't have that basic uh, conscience of right and wrong Uh, and you you indulge in neg- really negative things then you will fall even worse do you see elements of their sage like nature in what some some doing? some small things uh, when i uh when i uh, try to observe a person there are few things the words are the last thing i see i don't care about what a person is saying because that is the last thing because words are where you can lie okay everybody can say many good things but observe small small things you will see if you if you practice eventually uh, first is the structure from the structure you can get some understanding from the physical body physical body really absolutely ramakrishna paramahamsa was the perhaps the greatest kali upasaka of the last 200 years we bengalis call him thakur whenever a person would come to him for spirituality he would judge or for taking initiation or something like that to for guidance he would judge them very minutely so one of the judgments you do is that he would look at the physical structure of the person weigh his hands the weight of the hand from here to here will tell you what type if at all you can be spiritual and what is the right path for you see i told you spirituality is a huge tree if you go in the wrong path also you will not work right path your if you are meant to be highly spiritual your body will have lakshanas in it lakshanas mean signs in it not for ordinary people to understand but jisko samajhna hai wo samajh jayega because your body should be able to sustain that energy otherwise you are not born in that body if you are meant to enjoy material things you will be enjoying in a body that is fit for material things nature is very beautiful this 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 orchestra once you start understanding it's it's amazing you will be at a natural sense of gratitude will come towards nature who is mahamaya who is adi shakti who is everything for me who is maa kamakya i have spoken so much without taking a name maa kamakya uh, she is all it's it's a beautiful play it's a beautiful play and you feel natural sense of gratitude and this is bhakti ahetuka bhakti causeless you don't want anything you just what have you done okay amazing Do you want to talk about the depths of the ocean? Now, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, depth of the depths of the ocean. So there is a certain realm where Mahasiddhas come. Mahasiddhas means they are considered that those are 
people who have gone beyond the conception of nirvana normal idea of nirvana as i was saying the higher realms so they can um very very high stages of sadhana you mean they've probably lived out human lifetimes done their spiritual practices gone beyond nirvana gone beyond even possibly that spiritual goal in the astral world whatever happens beyond moksha nirvana then come back to this realm there are two ways of looking at it by the way <coughs> so traditionally the term moksha means mo- the word moksha has undergone changes in its meaning over last 2000 3000 years okay so more or less what we consider moksha today is that it is an extinction of your life so you are out of the system ye it's like a video game chal raha hai moksha means ab bahut ho gaya main abhi computer band karke ja raha hu okay but you cannot run away so easily because there is maya and there is karma and there is various things and you are suffering also you are you are playing the game and you are losing but you can't run away from the game it's that's what life is sort of for most people okay moksha is that somehow or the other you find a way to end the game switch it off and get out of the seat and go out and you know enjoy nature and whatever else ye moksha basically you are out of the system so how do you do that uh, in nirvana what we we'll consider as nirvana it is possible to extinguish oneself completely finish ho gaya you are out of the system that is what happens for 90% of the people who are in nirvana not even 90 let's put it 98 2% are possible who may attain to the same experience of nirvana but may not extinguish their extinguish themselves from the system they are not out of the system so nirvana by take just nirvana by itself means that it's like a finish end khatam in fact very interesting that the gita doesn't use the word nirvana it uses brahma nirvana lot of scholarly things are there we <laughs> side track it but we're just saying for it's an interesting observation I think six times or seven times it comes uh, it uses the word brahma nirvana hmm. the word nirvana become very popular with buddhism extremely popular so there is a because in buddhism generally accepted idea buddhism is also very complicated it i am not talking about the general idea but general idea is that there is a nirvana and because everything is shunya at the end there is no atma anatma and all that etc is there nirvana the finish of this story gets over but you can enter into the state of nirvana and yet not finish yourself by the way nirvana cannot be attained so long as you have a normal ego we function from the ego nirvana cannot come until you finish the ego that's that's to certain ego has to be completed but suppose your ego is finished you enter into the state of nirvana and some other ego is entered into you of something very higher so you what happens ego is your is the is the root of an individual is the fulcrum of an average individual you are an individual because you have an ego and ego doesn't mean uh, the arrogance or the pride which we normally call in the english term no ego means something uh, it's like the asmita your sense of iness who are you you are going on the road somebody says ranveer automatically i am going on the road somebody says rajesh automatically my head will turn i can't this is your ego because you are attached to your name you are attached to your family you are attached to your identity you are attached to your father mother girlfriend wife husband jo bhi hai pura ye pura maya ka fulcrum is ego and it is good it is not always bad without the ego you will be dysfunctional you will either end up if you don't have spiritual um, depth and suddenly your ego goes away you will end up straight into a mental hospital you will not be able to handle the world at all individualization has been created by nature so you become functional in a way but the spiritual goal is you transcend the ego 
okay because this ego also individualizes you you cannot so easily connect to the higher realms so when somebody is entered into the state of nirvana the ego will not be there and that is why once the ego is not there as i said if you don't have spiritual depth you end up in a sort of mental wreck and all that uh, suppose uh, you enter into an extinction nirvana is extinction khatam ho gaya sab kuch okay ego is also done sab khatam ho gaya to uske baad 98% of the people don't have any business with the world you are out you don't have to take birth also finish but the 2% in that case the ego may your human ego is gone there may be an identity of a deity or something higher that can enter into you in that case you are not going to go away and that is going to happen only if nature has a plan for you tumse kuch karwana jata hai nature because nature is higher than everybody okay nature is higher than everybody and then you go into these realms by that time you are your normal maya and all that is finished so you're in an astral body when you're at the not even astral ocean. it is very complicated to explain it's beyond see <laughs> there are uh, uh, generally speaking there are three uh, three realms in which we function okay one is the physical body realm okay the other is the vital realm vital is where you have uh, the emotions and all this whole emotional package is vital your power is vital fear is vital lack of your courage is vital beauty is vital everything is vital huh? okay all these things it's very powerful because from the vital realm so many things have come art culture etc our life is mostly vital uske baad there is the purely mental realm mental means where the mind as it is without emotions okay the highest realm of the mind this when we say the bhu bhuvaswa the three things these are the three realms actually translated so average every individual is functioning through these realms swa the last of the mental realm farthest reach of the mental realm is where there is this look at it this way that thing called nirvana you transcend that and go to what is beyond that stage then there are totally different things and uh, it is very difficult to describe it's not even physical it's not your astral what we call astral by the way is the subtle form of the vital realm ye itna niche hai understood and these things are not even written in texts easily because again it's beyond words because it's very difficult to describe yeah actually it's beyond words okay i want to ask you the shark and whale version of the snake conversation that we had marine life okay especially whales or dolphins which we know are slightly more evolved creatures uh, i i don't know Okay. I'll, I'll be very honest. I have not studied them that much that I can form an opinion on them. But I do believe that all animals have certain innate spirituality. See, think about it this way. A question <laughs> just popped in my head. Uh, animals have a spirituality. Humans have a spirituality. What is the difference? We say that children are divine. Generally, all cultures will tell you that children are divine. If children are so divine, why do people grow up? if spirituality is the aim of life that is because nature is nature wants you there is one additional component that a human being has which is that bhur bhuvaswa the third the, the ability to logically judge things complicated things okay not even judgment the mind pure mind without emotion this vital realm that you have animals also have this in their own fashion animals are creatures of the vital in the vital realm you don't lie you do spontaneously theek hai you feel fear you run away 
you see food you run after the food or something like that basically it's it's there's no lying there pretense is not possible pretense comes from the head from the mind from the mind and they run based on instinct instinct exactly you put it this way nice this is exactly what i was trying to but nature wants your mind to also be spiritualized and that is where the catch is that becomes very difficult if you can spiritualize your mind in my opinion it creates a fascinating thing that is that is why human beings are the most evolved creatures because that is why we grow up also by the way otherwise if spirituality is the end children as children do not have a developed mind the mind is also where the maya comes in mind tricks you or the mind develops into technology or whatever you call it all these things can be developed and the mind has the ability to develop a spiritual component also and people who develop that the very high caliber yogis Uh, so there is a lot of things here, but uh, more or less uh, that is that is what. So animals, all animals have certain degree of spiritual instinct. I believe some animals have it more than some others. Snakes are one of them. Uh, Which are the other ones? Uh, there are. <laughs> there are some dogs are some. I saw the video you did about Karl Bhairav Upasan. You said that one of the tests for your Upasana being successful. Your prayers to Karl Bhairav being successful is that dogs will be drawn to you. Yeah. Uh, so dogs are very interesting creatures. Dogs are have an instinct for loyalty. Other animals also have it, but dogs have it more than others. Okay. Uh, and see, Bhairava is Vahana is called is considered as a dog. Okay. Dogs are basically, uh, if I remember, I had read somewhere long back. I think wolves or whatever they domesticated and became dogs. Okay. from the time when dogs started living with humans perhaps there is no other creature that has lived with humans longer than dogs okay consider that that is when bhairava decides that i am going to help this species okay and the other thing is that a dog is a guardian sort of if you have a dog at home uh, if there is anybody who is disturbing anything like that he will figure out okay etc uh one of bhairava's typical instincts for an individual is that that apart from the core tattva which is that makes he makes you fearless he also guards you very fantastically he guards you from even if bhairava's blessing is with an individual if you are supposed to go down into some negative pitfall etc he is the one who can pull you out of it and that's what i tell people that bhairava is the only deity who can pull you out of a nightclub and make you sit into a meditation room बाकी लोग तो जाएगा ही नहीं उसके अंदर इट्स ऑलरेडी टू करप्टेड प्लेस दिल नॉट गॉन ही विल गो देर इफ लाइक्स विल पिक यू अप फ्रॉम देयर इवन इफ यू क्राई एंड डू वट एवर बैठा देगा तुम्हें मेडिटेशन में ही इज दन यू कैन डू दैट एंड आई सीन दैट हैपनिंग विद पीपल सो लाइक डॉग्स कैन गार्ड भैरवा गार्ड्स इज उपासकर्स वेरी स्ट्रॉन्गली वेरी स्ट्रॉन्गली ओनली थिंग इज दैट यू कैन नॉट लाइक टू हिम ही इज अ गॉड ऑफ ट्रूथ ही हेट्स लाइज वेन वेन यू सिंग यू कैन लाइक टू हिम I understand one. You're talking about the tantric rituals where if you've made promises, you got to follow them. No, no, not that. Oh. I, I'm saying something more, more fundamental, which means that when you are worshiping Bhairava, make it a point to sit calmly and tell him everything. And tell him everything means even your flaws. मैंने नहीं ये कर पाया. I I tried this. I tried this. If you're honest, he will help you. If you're dishonest, he detects dishonesty in one second. You don't have to tell the world, but you have to tell him. clearly and without pretense 
and that is very important without pretense he doesn't like pretense so if you you can to the world you can pretend to be and that is the one thing which most people don't do to the world they pretend that they i have seen that they are great devotees of bhaktas bhakta is devotee great devotees of this god itna mai bhajan kar raha hu ye kar raha hu wo kar raha hu photo photo dal ke sab kuch chal raha hai and when they come in front of the deity they pretend that they are great, great sadhaks ठीक है साधक मीन्स वन इज डूइंग लॉर्ड ऑफ प्रैक्टिस एंड योगा कर रहा है ये कर रहा है इक्वेशन शुड बी समली डिफरेंट टू द वर्ल्ड यू बिकम अ साधक टू द वर्ल्ड यू डू अ साधक वेन यू आर सिटिंग इन फ्रंट ऑफ योर देवता यू आर जस्ट अ डिवोटी एंड लाइक अ डिवोटी यू स्पीक टू हिम नॉट जस्ट आस्क यू टेल हिम दैट दिस इज वॉट इज गोइंग ऑन आई एम नॉट एबल टू डील विद इट आई डोंट नो वॉट टू डू दीज आर माई फ्लॉज दे माई वीकनेसेज आई एम इनकेपेबल बी ऑन दिस हेल्प मी आउट टेल हिम स्पीक 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 एंड देन वन डे द रिस्पॉन्स विल ऑल्सो स्टार्ट कमिंग honesty is very important in bhairav upasana and i personally in this context i i have guided a lot of people into basic bhairava sadhana in my life not complicated basic ones including me <laughs> but go on <laughs> this is lot of bhairava sadhana i believe that in the coming um, years and decades it's very good to do bhairava upasana lot of the problems that we face as a country as a civilization is also due to the neglect of vairavupasana at a certain level uh, see bhairava is the guardian of spaces he is known as kshetrapala one of his names is kshetra means an area he guards that area exactly like a dog is going to guard you if you are if you have a friendship with the dog our country is a divine kshetra whole country so what have we actually seen we have seen a partition a very bloody partition of our land what used to be at one point part of it is gone etc so basically your borders have been rearranged the kshetra has been disturbed a kshetra can be disturbed when the lord who guards the kshetra has not been invoked properly not been pleased not been invoked and pleased and whatever way you look at it so th- that's my way of looking at it uh many of the and even today all the borders have problems whether it's the punjab side border or kashmir or whatever etc problems etc and this lack of bhairav upasana by the way started not just now many centuries ago when there are various invasions happened and knowledge systems were lost so today the conception with bhairav for average people is that oh koi gaon ka kuch devta hai ye hai wo hai etc some dark energy. nothing of that sort he is the most spiritual one he will he is if you allow baba to rule your life he is going to make you completely spiritual okay and he will make you fearless and he will take you beyond your own deficiencies and things like that and um, i have seen he responds very fast by the way coming to the speed talking there are uh, for the sake of completeness of bhairav tattva so we it's believed that there are uh, rudra yamal tantra mentions that there are 64 bhairavas okay uh, and of these 64 eight of them are very important ashta bhairava You They, want to just name them? Yeah, Asitanga Bhairava, Rudu Bhairava, Chanda Bhairava, Krodha Bhairava, Unmatta Bhairava, Kapala Bhairava, Bhishana Bhairava, Samhara Bhairava. No Kal Bhairava, Batuk Bhairava. Iske bhi upar. Relp. ठीक है. So, <laughs> so as I said, we are never one. With one, there are many always. They are all Bhairavas, but each Bhairava himself divides himself into so many to do various functions. okay and these ashtabhairavas have their own domains by the way kashi has ashtabhairava temples 
ಐ ಥಿಂಕ್ ಅಲ್ಮೋರಾ ಹ್ಯಾಸ್ ಅಷ್ಟು ಭೈರವ ಐ ಹ್ಯಾಡ್ ಬಿನ್ ಟು ದ ಅಷ್ಟು ಭೈರವ ಟೆಂಪಲ್ ಲಾಸ್ಟ್ ಮಂತ್ ಇನ್ ಅಲ್ಮೋರಾ ವಿಸಿಟೆಡ್ ದೇರ್ ಫಾರ್ ಸರ್ಟನ್ ಸಾಧನಾಸ್ ಬಿಯಾಂಡ್ ದಿ ಏಟ್ ಭೈರವಸ್ ದೇ ಆರ್ ಆಲ್ಸೋ ಗಾರ್ಡಿಯನ್ಸ್ ಆಫ್ ಸರ್ಟನ್ ಡಿರೆಕ್ಷನ್ಸ್ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ಸರ್ಟನ್ ಪರ್ಟಿಕ್ಯುಲರ್ ಕೈಂಡ್ಸ್ ಆಫ್ ಥಿಂಗ್ಸ್ ಓಕೆ so for example ashitanga bhairava if somebody gets the blessing of that he will have exceptional knowledge multiple fields exceptional knowledge mane he'll stand out his knowledge will stand out then there is so samhara bhairava for example if there is a problem with respect to spirits or something negative then he can be invoked he will cure relieve that problem etc so beyond ashta bhairava there is kala bhairava above ಕಾಲ ಭೈರವ ಇಸ್ ಬೇಸಿಕಲಿ ವಿ ಫೈಂಡ್ ದ ಸ್ಟೋರಿ ಆಫ್ ಕಾಲ ಭೈರವ ಫ್ರಮ್ ದಿ ಶಿವ ಪುರಾಣ ಹೌ ಡಸ್ ಇಮರ್ಜ್ ಫಸ್ಟ್ ಥ್ರೂ ಶಿವಸ್ ಆಂಗರ್ ಸೊ ದೇರ್ ಇಸ್ ದ ಸ್ಟೋರಿ ಇಸ್ ದೇರ್ ದಟ್ ಬ್ರಹ್ಮಾಜಿ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ವಿಷ್ಣು ದೇರ್ ಹ್ಯಾವಿಂಗ್ ಅ ಕಾನ್ವರ್ಸೇಷನ್ ದಿಸ್ ಆ್ಯಕ್ಚುಲಿ ದಿಸ್ ಸ್ಟೋರಿ ಅಪಿಯರ್ಸ್ ಇನ್ ಮಲ್ಟಿಪಲ್ ಪುರಾಣಸ್ ವಿತ್ ಸೈಟ್ ಚೇಂಜಸ್ ಮೋರ್ ಆರ್ ಲೆಸ್ ದ ಜಿಸ್ಟ್ ಆಫ್ ಇಟ್ ಇಸ್ ದಟ್ ದೇರ್ ಹ್ಯಾವಿಂಗ್ ಅ ಕಾನ್ವರ್ಸೇಷನ್ ಹೂ ಇಸ್ ಗ್ರೇಟರ್ ಓಕೆ ದೆನ್ ಶಿವ ಅಪಿಯರ್ಸ್ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ಬ್ರಹ್ಮಾ ಸೇಸ್ ದಟ್ ಓ ಯು ಆರ್ ತೋ my uh, you know you are younger than me and all that because brahma is the creator of everything etc that means automatically i am more powerful uh, and some disparaging statements he makes on shiva shiva gets angry and from his anger kal bhairava comes out kal bhairava uses the na- i think ha huh, left hand little finger nail and he cuts off brahma's one head okay moment he does that brahma comes back to his senses he says no you are ishvara ಮೇರಾ ಅವಕಾತ ಅಂಡ್ ದಟ್ ಹೆಡ್ ಆಫ್ ಬ್ರಹ್ಮ ಸ್ಟಿಕ್ಸ್ ಇರ್ ಇಸ್ ಹ್ಯಾಂಡ್ ಅಚ್ಛಾ ವೆರಿ ಇಂಟ್ರೆಸ್ಟಿಂಗ್ಲಿ ವೆನ್ ದ ಸೆಕ್ಷನ್ ಆಫ್ ಕಾಲ ಭೈರವ ಭೈರವ ಕಾಮ್ಸ್ ಇನ್ ಆ್ಯಕ್ಚುಲಿ ದ ಶಿವಪುರಾಣ ಸೇಸ್ ದಟ್ ದೇರ್ ಇಸ್ ನೋ ಡಿಫ್ರೆನ್ಸ್ ಬಿಟ್ವೀನ್ ಶಿವ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ಭೈರವ ಇಟ್ ಇಸ್ ದಿ ಮಾಯಾ ಆಫ್ ಶಿವ ದಟ್ ಮೇಕ್ಸ್ ಯು ಸಿ ದಟ್ ದೀಸ್ ಟು ಆರ್ ಡಿಫ್ರೆಂಟ್ ಸೊ ಭೈರವ ಇಸ್ ನಾಟ್ ಎ ಶಿವ ಗನ ಹಿ ಇಸ್ ಶಿವ ಓನ್ಲಿ only different look for practical purposes you may look at it this way that shiva is the calm one when he becomes aghora when he becomes rudra when he becomes more aggressive then he becomes bhairava which for an average human being would mean like a more hustler version sort of like a more active more active and also there is a difference another difference which is not there in the shastra no no it's there i mean it's not uh, spelled out in that way another thing is that bhairava is more closer to our realm shiva is more transcendental okay he is closer that is why when you call bhairava he will respond faster if certain parameters are set in an individual okay so that judgment has to be made by either a mentor or a guru or something basically uh, he will come much faster hmm. acha then what bhairava does is that that skull of brahma sticks to his hand so that is the first instance of brahmahatya brahmahatya means killing of a brahmin which is considered to be a great sin okay a genuine brahmin in olden days they used to do a lot of it's like killing a sadhak who is doing a lot of spiritual practice if you kill a spiritual man genuinely spiritual man there is a huge amount of negative karma that is going to come that is what is brahmahatya when you are kill in those days specifically when the when people of the brahmin uh, varna were deeply engaged in practices and all those things so nothing related to the modern day caste system that let's not go into the controversial area yeah, there yeah. but Uh, just to explain this basically sure. he kills uh, brahma and that is the brahma is himself a brahmin by the way okay he gives the vedas so that is known as brahma hatya killing of a brahmin is a very great sin and that skull sticks to his hand okay very interestingly the text calls it the brahmanda khappar so what is it actually brahma is the creator of the universe 
and here is a god who has cut off the head of the creator and holds it in his hand okay brahma kapal it's like as if he is holding the skull of the universe in his hand and in that condition immediately there is a woman that gets generated that is brahma hatya brahma hatya is the activity of killing a brahmin and that to not just any brahmin brahma who is like the who, who gives out the vedas and things like that that sin takes a human form and becomes a woman known as brahma hatya and he stands behind kal bhairava okay shiva then tells kal bhairava that you do one thing you go you demonstrate to the world that if a spiritual man is a brahmin is killed okay uh, how do i do penance for that okay so he goes with that skull in hand he performs what is called the mahavrata vrata means like we do vrata hanuman ji ka vrat kar liya ya kisi ka vrat kar liya acha navratri ka vrat kar liya this is a vrata means a spiritual austerity so bhairava with that skull in hand he roams around different realms he goes to the realm of vishnu vishnu immediately recognizes tells him that that this is a play that you are doing it's a leela because you are shiva you know it very well theek hai you are doing this to demonstrate certain things to the world and then that uh, woman is behind him that brahmatya pass keeps walking behind him that lady who is the sin and that brahmatya he vishnu asked brahmatya why are you coming behind and she says that this is my way of worshiping shiva okay i am just following what he has instructed me to do finally he keeps walking walking he comes to varanasi in varanasi at particular place that skull falls from his hand and he settles down there kashi okay and that place is known as kapal mochan where the skull falls down etc and shiva says that anybody who is in varanasi varanasi is like the permanent residence of kal bhairava okay he stays there and he stays in other places also but varanasi is got a special um, connection to baba okay so in the imitation of this there is a kapalika vrata that used to happen even uh, these days it's less but used to happen so there is a kapalika initiation in aghora tantra marg etc where the guru will give a skull to that individual and like bhairava he has to stay for 12 years roaming around not staying in a house not staying anywhere that only possession is that skull that human skull he goes around and he eats in that he begs in that and he doesn't stay in uh, society so at night you have to basically stay whether it's a cremation ground or a forest or a lonely area okay and you will survive this only if you have the blessings of bhairava by the, after the 12 years you are made you are divine so this was called the mahavrata this is kal bhairava kal bhairava we see the first thing that we see in kal bhairava is that see if you analyze this if you contemplate on this story you will find that he starts with cutting brahma's head so there is there is the mainstream of sadhana spirituality okay that is going on constantly here is a deity who is completely heterodox not orthodox opposite of orthodox he cuts off that main the the one who gives the vedas cuts off one of his head and then he does something that is considered as defiling because kal uh, if you normal spirituality if you go to a cremation ground you should take a bath and all that which is there's a good reason for it all that here is baba who sits in the cremation ground surrounded by everything that has been rejected by society whether it is dogs wolves jackals spirits he is known as bhutesha bhutnatha lord of the spirits okay he consumes alcohol something that is completely barred in normal uh, upasana etc 
So he is Bhairava is like that. Shiva only, just a different form. Okay. And when speaking of Bhairava, there is another very important aspect that comes in, that is the Vatuka Bhairava. Without him, it is not complete. Vatuka Bhairava is worshipped more than Kala Bhairava. Kala Bhairava worship completely cannot be done at home. Vatuka, uh, certain scriptures mention, Vatuka means a small child. Like eight, a Baal Shiva. Yeah, 8-9 year old child. So what Shakti does is that, Vatuka is like a son of Kali. It's like a son of Matara. Okay, like a son of Chinnamasta. So sh- there is this, a child form is created who is given all kinds of powers at him. Okay. And he is tasked with the job of protecting the Upasaka from every kind of trouble in the world. Whether it is physical trouble, whether it is some kind of spirit, whether it's some other thing, etc. etc. Instead of trying to placate hundred different things, you just worship Vatuka and he will take care of you. And of the Bhairava, uh, different forms of Bhairava Baba, Vatuka is the fastest of all. He responds very fast. With one catch, he is a child. Remember that. So? So you need some emotional connection. Love. Some degree of love, some degree of communication has to be there. If you ask, for a, to give a simple example, if you have s- whatever, some obstacle, something is going on. So you worship Vatuka and you say that, Baba, ye, I, uh, can you help me out in this? Be very open. You are free to ask anything of the gods. Okay. A, uh, so you ask him and he helps you out, suppose. Make sure that the next day at least you sit and tell him thank you. If you say his mantra once, hmm. is that a good enough thank you? And if you feel a thank you and say a thank you? Uh, it's up to you what you want to do, what comes from within. It's not for me to tell. Okay. I uh, I do Vishesh Pujas on specific tithis for him and if needed, if there is some help that comes from him and I have asked for help. Minimum to minimum next day morning I will do 10 times his mantra. Okay, And just tell him that thank you very much that for helping me. Some days if I feel like it, I order specific foods that he like. Lot of them. Like, you know, just like inviting a guest to the house. Three, four different dishes and all that and then it's all for yours. Okay. Um, low level conversation. Yeah. <laughs> Why did you ask me to do the Batuk Bhairav? Oh, that is because uh, um, because that will be useful for you. In coming times you'll see. And uh, also, generally, I uh, adv- if I advise people into Bhairava uh, sadhana, uh, there is a certain Nama Mantra Bhairava, very simple. Om Bhairava Nama, which just about anybody can do. I have in fact made certain videos of it also in my uh, YouTube channel. Uh, so, that is the starting point of Bhairava. And Vatuka Bhairava is easy to worship for a Grihastha. Grihastha means somebody who is staying in society, a normal person. Okay. Though the full realm of Bhairava Upasana cannot be done at home. But even if you succeed to 30 to 40 percent, that is good enough to make you spiritually powerful uh, as well as take care of your various material aspects. And this thing with Bhairava is very, if you develop trust on him, you will see that if in your life there are certain changes, both positive and negative, if something happens, then it is perhaps because at a later stage, a bigger problem was supposed to come. He is going to Right away do the operation and, you know, take you out of that. The breakup. I, I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> like I did it and the breakup happened in two weeks. <laughs> like it, it it was great relationship just flipped. 
I I I will not comment much on that but yeah baba protects you no no I'm kidding <laughs> I can't tell you how grateful I am to you because I'm seeing what's happening in my life post the breakup also he is uh, he is wonderful what in in last uh, 20 30 years in india two deity upasana has increased tremendously one is vatuk bhairava and uh, one is uh, ma baglamukhi that's for another reason different reason okay well, that's going to be in the mata podcast oh, that we will do uh one last question in today's episode yeah as i'm growing old i'm realizing the power of mantras and we spoke on mantras on multiple episodes so we don't have to kind of address the basics this is kind of a more advanced mantric question i don't know if that's the correct grammar but uh why are there certain stronger words in tantric mantras like sham 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 phat reem mm-hmm. words that make you feel something mm. so these are vija mantras Uh, i think we last time we talked about just touched upon it vija mantras so these mantras how did they originate so that's a difficult question but let's assume that these were heard by rishis or the great great masters who were the originators of the path and each of them have a specific potency and power in them for example now uh, after a certain level of sadhana is done the rule is that you cannot cha- you cannot utter the vija mantra loud after a certain level of sadhana is done okay every other word in the mantra you can ch- utter loud vija you will not utter loud at a certain level so for example this vija that you specifically asked sometime earlier because you can't say it ha i don't want to say it can i say okay. it yeah reem yeah so this there are two things in this uh, this is a very powerful interesting vija this is known in tantras as the maya vija also because this destroys your maya and gives you a vision which is beyond maya if it gets fully activated okay it has this potency tremendous potency and there are certain sadhanas where only this vijay is doing people do japa of this not nothing before nothing after this is in tantras this is this vijay is considered to be equivalent to the omkara of the vedic path but it's also dangerous too no none of the vijas are dangerous there's nothing called dangerous <laughs> i i ask you that because i have a friend who's experimental with mantras hmm. he uh, said that he began doing some kalbhairav mantra uh, by listening to it with a earphone went into meditation and 15 minutes his head started hurting a lot no that could be uh, so these are anecdotal i can't comment on this without knowing the individual okay. but no this is not at all harmful okay the vij in fact uh, the one of the potencies of this vija is this vija is used in multiple mantras this is also one of the vija mantras connected to the mahavidya known as bhubaneshwari okay devi bhubaneshwari when blessings of this vija comes to an individual because he goes beyond maya slightly i'm not saying fully fully to it takes a lot of time but little bit so there are a lot of positive developments also that will come to him okay bhubaneshwari is a deity who gives you who can give you again there's always a caveat because there are many factors who is doing it whether he or she has the concentration whether he can take their energy or not correctly lot of material growth okay at the same time it will give you a clarity in vision certain amount of clarity in vision of uh, if you are very attached to something 
it can that is what is maya fundamentally is attachment is maya nothing else to okay. a person to a thing Anything. to a goal wohi to main bola when your attachment to the phone is also maya to some degree we all have our create our own mayas so depending on how much attached you are to whatever it is that is your maya okay so and the degree of attachment you have you are also open to that degree of pain eventually because everything will go at the end one day okay that's the one thing that everybody agrees on whether you are spiritual or whether you are atheist you are going to die i am going to die okay the moment you are dead it's finished but uh, that particular vija is actually a very positive vija it is considered to be just like omkara in the tantric field and it brings about lot of um, it reduces the uh, uh, what you call it you know it can reduce the clarifies your vision if it so maya clouds your vision attachment the problem with attachment is that it clouds your vision you cannot see properly a person who is detached will be able to make a clearer judgment okay so it clarifies your vision it also brings you blessings that vija acha this one is used in a multiple amount of mantras it's very common vija okay very common whereas the other vija that you mentioned i said phat ha that is to end something that is particularly given in a mantra when you need a specific force to uh, end means not necessarily end in a negative sense sometimes you have to end something that is negative again attachment no not necessarily somewhere you see uh, it actually depends on the mantra but more or less there was a kal bhairav mantra which had phat in it which i had heard it could be many mantras have that many different deities mantras have that so these so uh, for example you are you see somebody that trying to cause some harm okay directly you are seeing that somebody is trying to cause some harm so you may use a mantra with this particular vija that will work in a certain way to stop that person from causing harm so this is some this this vija is something to stop okay but theek hai aur isme the pronunciation has to be ph not f but ha not fan hmm. because the fa pronunciation is not there in sanskrit pa understood like this there are innumerable vijas in fact one who is an expert in mantra shastra can create a vija also there is you can create a vija of a person's name now don't ask me to create a vija of your name but i'm just saying <laughs> <laughs> you can create a vija of a person's name you can if you are that good in mantra shastra if you know something's name technically you can access that thing's energy mantra shastra that we have in our dharma is perhaps the most advanced and i have had interactions by the way uh, with people of uh, uh, in western or little bit interactions at one point when i was not my path was still not very deep here still exploring i used to have a lot of friends i remember there was one occultist i knew from west it's pretty good uh, i uh, and one of his very peculiar <laughs> interesting habits was that he used to go and search for haunted places spend the night there okay and he had weirdest experiences he used to tell me um and he he was good friends with me i never met him uh oh, never met him only online communication and i knew few of them who had serious abilities also by the way so they could sit there and tell me what dress i'm wearing and what were they doing yesterday and what were they doing and all that though they have never met me and nothing they didn't even know my name by the way because i used to ch- you know interact with them through a pseudonym or something like that uh so this guy i remember i had given him the once he was facing some issues with some it was his past time hmm. 
एंड आई फाउंड इट वेरी इंटरेस्टिंग एंड लॉट ऑफ पीपल लाइक दैट आई न्यू एट दैट टाइम आई हैड गिवन हिम भैरव मंत्र वटू का भैरव मंत्र एंड देन ही कम्स बैक आफ्टर मंथ एंड सीज दैट दिस इज दिस इज ब्लडी मैजिक वेन एवर आई एम इन ट्रेवल विद दीज एंटिटीज एंड ही इज टू डू लॉर्ड ऑफ जपा ओके ही लर्न द प्रोनाउंसिएशन हाउ टू डू इट वॉज डिफिकल्ट फॉर हिम टू गेट द प्रोनाउंसिएशन राइट बिकॉज ही इज नॉट इंडियन बट आफ्टर दैट ही इज टू डू क्रेजी अमाउंट ऑफ जपा ऑफ दैट मंत्र and he says that whenever he used to go into some kind of where there is a negative energy the moment he starts him all this they don't disturb him they don't come near so vatuka is a child but vatuka has all the powers of kalpera only he is a child okay um for the everyday listener who may not sit and do a 108 time chant of the mantra um i just want to mention that you gave me something called the bhairav chalisa, chalisa also which is very similar to the hanuman chalisa and you said that just play it at the end of your meditation or meditate upon it i felt like even that brought a lot of yeah, change that is very 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 beautiful even though it doesn't have tantric words no. in it see that's what na uh, uh, in a way bhairav baba is kind compared to other devatas if certain parameters are set in an individual if you take one step towards him you will take two steps towards you what are the parameters ha uh, so that is a judgment uh before giving a higher mantra that's a judgment i make after interacting with an individual or something like that uh, i can't explain to you here because there are few other things but more or less the basic mantra which is om bhairavaya namaha is a nama mantra a uh, lot of people i know do it and especially after i mean i have before also i've met people do it but after the uh, last time podcast and a lot of people who came to me and mailed me and all that so this is a very good mantra to do yes there is a certain nature of the devata that is there bhairava is strict so as i mentioned uh, more or less if certain fundamentals are there means he will bhairav's vidya his tatva is that he makes you fearless by not running away from things that you have run away you face it oh there's this caption that used to come na kya pata nahi dar ke aage jeet hai waise she's like that baba mm-hmm. will put you right in that situation face it face it face it after that you will be immune to the fear okay that is his tatva so if a person can take that amount then bhairav upasana is very good for one this and number two is that the most ultimate blessing that bhairava gives an individual it is not on day 1 by the way it comes later at a very advanced stage he can teach you tantras which nobody else in the world can teach there are there is a certain amount of tantric vidyas which we know tantra shastra he is the guru of tantras it is the tantras all come from him okay he is the he is the, he is the boss he is the boss man okay he know nobody knows tantra vidya like he does he teaches as a spiritual aspect i am not talking about the avichar and negative things on tantra no saying the, how to do devada upasana bhairava blesses you there are certain forms of devi upasana without bhairava's blessing you will never succeed there are hundreds of people today who do devi upasana all of the mata to is so popular and plus navratris are there this that etc there but the amount of people who succeed in devi upasana is still lesser because original rule niyama was that you worship bhairava as you worship bhairava after a few years he is the one who will tell you how to actually go close to her and there is a very tight and very beautiful relation between bhairava and shakti very beautiful relation so the, one of the roots of succeeding in devi upasana is first 
टू प्लीज भैरव बाबा ही होल्ड्स द कीज ही विल टेल यू कि वेर इज द रूट गोइंग वेर यू विल रीच ओके अदरवाइज यू कैन डू नॉर्मल भक्ति दैट्स ऑल फाइन पीपल डू दैट ऑल द टाइम गो डू द टेम्पल लिटिल बिट ऑफ सम यू नो देवी मंत्र ये वो कर लो एक्सेट्रा आई एम टॉकिंग अबाउट सक्सीडिंग इट गोइंग टू द अल्टीमेट स्टेज दैट इज वेर यू भैरव बिकॉज वेरी इंपॉर्टेंट एंड एज आई मैंशन ऑल्सो सो ऑन अष्टमी तिथि स्पेसिफिकली मी एंड ग्रुप ऑफ पीपल हू माई गाइड सो वी डू स्पेसिफिक ऑन एवरी अष्टमी वी डू स्पेसिफिक अमाउंट ऑफ जपा ऑफ भैरवा and that together we complete close to 2 lakh japas of bhairava mantra on that one day with one sankalpa to for the uplift of dharma okay generic sankalpa for uplift of dharma and along with it we do uh, we feed people and annadanam and there are specific pujas we get in bhairav temples done etc so we've been doing that for quite some time now so ashtami tithi specifically uh, the people who are connected and do this there are people who have at least completed uh, that simple mantra om bhairavaya namah that japa at least 1 lakh 1 lakh means 1000 malas which takes few months but if that is done then it's like your your he is tied himself to the energy of baba and the beauty of this mantra is that this is a generic mantra of bhairava if a person keeps doing this some of the other form of bhairava will bless you how but first of all he is not going to come directly in front of you by causing certain changes in your life which eventually is going to go into a positive direction see there are two options when you start a mantra sadhana just positive things may happen and sometimes it may start with a negative but always remember this if it starts with a negative it is because down the line somewhere it is going to have caused a larger problem larger amount of pain and suffering were in store at some other point in order to they cannot just wish it away completely but they say that okay let's reduce it give it to him in a one third or one tenth of that ramakrishna paramahamsa used to say that if your destiny is suppose that you are just a man's destiny is that he is supposed to is walking and some he hits his leg and says his leg is to be cut off or something like that if he does sadhana uh, mantra sadhana and all that it's possible that nature may decide okay i will not do anything just a pin prick in the leg so it's balancing the karmas of course he must have done that amount of sadhana so that is how i if somebody is able to take bhairav upasana a little bit it's beautiful and it can begin by simply sitting in one place and just chanting out the mantra or even the chalisa कुछ नहीं हो तो गुर का बताशा यू कैन फाइंड कीप इट इन गिव इट okay there's certain there's a long list of food items he likes he likes uh, for example vada vada is one of the things vada is considered to be a vegetarian alternative of meat vada vada means we uh, south in we have uh, idli vada oh okay okay like dal ka yeah that urad dal ka urad dal ka patties urad dal is considered as a as a substitute for meat gotcha okay gud coconut water these things so are even if not this whatever is being cooked at home that too can be offered with bhakti he responds 
he responds very fast we've only done podcast till this point to understand shiva this was the first podcast where we made shiva accessible to the end user yeah i just hope audiences understand the importance of this particular episode how was it for you sir oh it was wonderful i always love speaking of bhairav baba and shiva okay uh you do know that the sequel to this is where we're going to break down devis aha we speak i'm just curious to see what tangents we go on very deep this was even deeper than i expected and uh, at many points during my other episodes with other people i know where to stop trey was one of the first places where i didn't know where to stop and i was just and i'll tell you this shiva and bhairava imagine the total amount of knowledge of shiva and bhairava is like this i as an individual know maybe 25% of it <laughs> what we discussed today is 1% of the 25% okay <laughs> cool ha <sighs> i'm glad we didn't have to talk about bhoot preet on this one rajeshin on this one but we'll do that also maybe at some other point today was just a shiva special yeah thank you you've closed a big chapter in my life or maybe opened up a big chapter in my life with this as as baba vincent okay. i appreciate you sir and looking forward to speaking to you in 5 minutes <laughs> but the audience will see it in a few weeks so thank you jai bhairav baba jai bhairav baba that was the conversation for today the first conversation was based on shiva and bhairav the second conversation we had was so long and so deep that we had to divide it into two parts that one's based much more on devi ma and the feminine aspect of tantra lots more coming up with rajeshi nandi sir we also recorded an episode just about astrology that's a little bit theoretical it's a bit of a one one on astrology but it's got some extremely advanced astrological insights so please make sure you watch the next three episodes with rajeshi nandi you're not ready for the kind of content that's coming your way tell me what you thought of this episode this kind of an open ended conversation this free flowing style conversation tell me what you're thinking of all these extra long podcasts that we've been uploading lately i'd love to know your opinions and until next time guys keep supporting trs and rajeshin and lisa